0: We have such sights to show you
1: Bring the motherfucking ruckus
0: Fuck you too Okay I feel like every time I record with you I want to start by saying King Ramses The man of The man of <laughs> Oh,
1: okay
0: <laughs> Oh no, you were right Return the slab, <laughs> yep. or suffer the curse. We don't want any. I, I just I it, there's something there's something about uh, Courage the Cowardly Dog that sits in my soul. Uh, as I mean, it, it seems like it's right up your alley. As be, <laughs> as something I should not have watched when I was a kid, and it it really did affect me as you can tell because it it was. Uh, Like creepypasta as a show For kids And um, It It definitely left its impact As you so aptly put it But it's also like Maybe the first Maybe the first experience I had With like a cartoon actually being scary There were things that scared me as a kid Right? But you go to like cartoons to be like I'm going to, I'm going to laugh at something and just kind of get distracted for 20 minutes. It's like, yeah, there, there's
1: nothing in SpongeBob that's going to make you jump besides right. maybe like some of the close-ups,
0: Right. But just even sort of
1: like overly detailed, but even then it's, it's funny. It's just kind of maybe gross.
0: It's, they're not the first people to do that. Like, you know, no, a lot of Warner brothers animation did the same, same gimmicks. Um, but it's, yeah. Right. It's, and Stimpy. It wasn't until, I think, uh, Goosebumps Are You Afraid of the Dark Age that I was like, man, shit on TV, even aimed at kids, can be fucked up. And then, you know, you get Courage the Cowardly Dog and uh, Misadventures of Flapjack and a a bunch of shit on Adult Swim and you're just like, yep, nope, even cartoons can be a little creepy.
1: Oh, yeah. No, Courage, I I, I was a huge baby when I was younger. So Courage is one of those shows that I could watch depending on the episode. Mm-hmm. And there were certain episodes that like I would watch part of and then just turn it off because I was like, well, fuck <laughs> this. I'm uncomfortable. I, even I don't remember, like that. Like,
0: I even remember Rugrats and Hey Arnold episodes that made me a little a little wobbly in the knees. So the
1: Hey Arnold episode where he there's he has this dream uh, where his grand his grandfather's on the bus and he starts laughing. The grandfather starts laughing at him <laughs> and his jaw falls off. Yes, I his remember His whole that. jaw falls off of his yeah. face. That shit's spooky as hell. Yeah, I remember that.
0: I remember that. Yeah. Uh, I, I always People liked uh, the episode Weezy and Ed. That's, I mean, mm. that's, I think that's the scariest Hey Arnold episode. They, the, all the yeah. kids talk about that, that haunted tale, and then they go out to the actual cave, and they get lost in there, and then they actually start hearing something, and, uh, I also like the ghost train episode. That one's a fun one, obviously obvious, obviously on theme. Um, But even Rugrats, Rugrats had, uh, had that episode where they were, they were still like in their minds as babies, but they had the bodies of adults and they had to like go to their job and like go to work. Do you remember that one?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Where They're
0: like time to go to the work to do the business now. And it's like, they have, little baby heads on giant human bodies and and work is like sitting at a desk and getting yelled at every day. Like, yeah, like, damn, what a real episode for a fucking six year old to watch.
1: Yeah, for sure. (laughs) And there's also the, the, the one moment when Tommy is like afraid of like getting a cut or maybe it's Chucky, And then like, has this nightmare of like falling over and scraping his knee. Oh, yeah. And stuff. yeah, yeah, yeah. Stuffing is coming out of it. Yeah. And he starts pulling at the stuffing and just more and more comes out. Like, <laughs> that's a that's a pretty horrifying, like, body horror shit to do. in a, in a kid <laughs> show. I, I definitely just, unsettled just, me.
0: Just just because we are on topic and I don't believe I have asked you and excuse me if I have because I've forgotten. But like, where did the name come from?
1: Ramses? Yeah. Anderslice? Yeah. Uh so the Ramses, I have a pretty distinct story for this. And it's, I was in college and we were reading, um, what's the title? Um, Ozymandias, right? Yeah. The Percy I Shelley it, yeah. poem. Um, and I, like Ozymandias is just like another name for Ramses second. And mm-hmm. we were like, yeah, like a very classic poem to analyze too vest, frontless mm-hmm. legs of stone, all that stuff. Uh, all great works fade, whatever. And one of the kids was like, you have to feel bad for Ramses. Like, you have to, you know, you have to sympathize with Ramses. And I just thought it was really funny that this kid, who was, like, regularly a shithead, was like, you really got to sympathize with the god king. You know, like, don't you have to feel bad for the man that had all the power in the universe. And I'm like, no, oh, man. man, what are you talking yeah. about? <laughs> um, so I thought that was very funny. And then oh my gosh. I, I no, thought it was there's... funny to, to pair like a really strong Egyptian name with an incredibly stuffy, like British surname. And I think Vanderslice is just funny, funny surname. So there's no there's nothing behind that, really.
0: No, I mean, there's the story. The story is what matters. I appreciate that. Um, yeah, you have, Ram- you have to feel bad for Ramses. You have to feel bad
1: for Ramses. There's no way. And everyone was like, no, you, you don't actually. You really have to. don't
0: have to feel bad for him. Um, that is hilarious. I'm glad I asked because it it didn't it didn't strike me until I was like actually putting together today's episode where I was like, I should ask
1: him where that came from. Yeah, that's a- uh, it's a pretty wild name. People tell me to change it regularly because it's not easily Googleable. But I am the only one. You are so... currently the
0: only Ramses I know of. So even if yeah. even if you're not the second, you are the Ramses. So that's fair. Thank you. And uh, just just to share because I feel like it's been a while since I've I've told the story, but um, Captain Death was the most unironic villain name I was able to come up with when I was maybe in like, I want to say fifth grade at like the earliest, maybe sixth grade. No way. And I was just like, I was like, what's more imposing than like, what would essentially be Captain America, but just about fucking dying. (laughs) Like what if Captain America wasn't about the star spangled country, but what if it was just a guy who called himself captain and went around convincing everyone like death was the way to go, <laughs> you know, just like Skeletor brought into a modern age. Um, so not not
1: fighting people, just sort of using Jedi them to mind kill tricks to make them maybe. kill themselves. <laughs> yeah. That's incredible. Okay, <laughs> I,
0: and, and, and in my head, I was just like, we can we can add another level to this. Right. The second Uh level I added was we can make him really fucking annoying. (laughs) We can make, I was like, I was like, what if now follow me? What if Spider-Man, you know, comes swinging down one day to fight a guy who's held up a bank and he gets into the bank and he sees that everyone has killed themselves. And it's because there's a guy sitting at like the teller's desk uh, who won't shut the fuck up. And he and he eventually just psychically drains people of their life that they end up dying just from just from being around
1: him. So you, you, know? you kind of like prefigured Colin Robinson on almost, the, almost, the
0: almost, you know, uh, the the annoying part is hiked up to like the the level of, I would say, like a a twelve year old boy in a man's body. Though, oh, okay, okay. So it's it's more like, uh, it's it's less Colin Robinson because I do follow the the psychic vampire aspect of that, but it was definitely more. It was more like, I'm gonna sit here and I'm gonna talk about Bionicles for three hours. And if you're still alive by the end of it, you know, I'll leave you alone.
1: That's so cool. I love that. I just thought uh, it it was the most horrifying. Super villain.
0: I thought thought it was the most horrifying thing as a child. I was like, what if, you know, what if the super villain was me? You know, what if it was me? What if he just really wanted to talk about Zoid's? And no one else wanted to listen, and then they killed themselves <laughs> from being around it.
1: You know, that is isn't surprisingly self-aware for uh, fifth grade. I think I'm
0: I'm gonna I'm gonna age it up. I'm gonna say it was at least it was in between sixth and eighth, so it was in between okay, twelve. Okay, it was in between twelve and like fourteen. So you know, yeah. not not fifth. I will say fifth. Fifth is when I was still. You know, doing a lot of dumb shit But um, sure. One of the first things, like, I wrote That I wanted to, like, put on YouTube Was uh, A series of um, Three supervillains Who were forced to live together Because they're mm-hmm. not They're not good enough at being supervillains To be, like, popular or successful uh, Financially right. So they essentially had sure. to be Roommates And, um, they're all awful at their jobs and they all have terrible names and superpowers and shit. And it it was a, it was a high key concept that I tried very hard, um, to develop. And it just often, uh, dovetailed into me and my friends coming up with really stupid concepts and filming them. And, uh the the low key idea that it was this reality show about three idiots living together often got ignored for the hijinks that we would get up to just as three kids dressed as supervillains walking around in public taking things way yeah. too seriously. Um there there was a there was a meta fourth wall aspect to it that I I later started to enjoy like way more though where where the show often often gravitated was more so about the three of them living together and how they just weren't compatible at all, sure how they would annoy one another and that's that's where the the YouTube comes in because it was like one of the first things I filmed when I was a kid i'm talking I'm talking d v tape import through firewire onto an old p c Windows movie maker. Um, Good, good times. Good times. That's that's where Captain Death came from. I, huh. I would wear, I would wear a, uh, a purple hood, a uh, Grim Reaper costume with a Jack Skellington jacket. And I would have bone hands, but the entire bottom half of me is usually just like in shorts and flip flops. Um, And I oh, just, nice. I would just walk around and be like, I don't know. I would try to make, I would try to do like a really annoying voice. And then I would ask people if they're scared yet. Basically is, <laughs> is what, ca- <laughs> basically is what Captain Death was when I was are 13. Are you scared yet?
1: You know, uh, I love that. Cracking your knuckles. Two Am I there yet? Did you get it?
0: <laughs> two other people on this show uh, are two of my friends that I, that I did that with. And their superhero or supervillain, sorry, names were uh, El Toro Loco Pimp. Okay. And, and the other one was Steve, which is Steve with a question mark. And um, El Toro Loco Pimp was essentially Bane, but uh, with swagger. Sure. i'm not gonna say like, bane do doesn't mean, like, have swagger i'm just i'm more so talking the original luchador version of of bane like the, the comic right book i was gonna bane, say because tom hardy in in dark knight rises is exactly what this guy wanted to be <laughs> and, <laughs> and failed at being um which which is hilarious in hindsight but steve was really just like uh, a really shitty ninja. so I guess I would say like a uh, a Ra al Ghoul Riddler knockoff that was really bad at his job. And I was just like, I like that. you are now being you are now being put to reckoning from Steve. Question mark
1: Was it always was it always drawn out the e? Steve. Or was it?
0: Yeah. Steve? Almost always. <laughs> almost okay, always. No, that... Almost always. But yeah, that, um, the, the those those wonderful people um, are on the show Their Their names uh, uh, did not carry over because they had evolved since the age of 13. And sure. Um, yeah, that's
1: definitely <laughs> <laughs> the The This I have joke not is definitely which joke is that <laughs> I have made
0: the joke there is that I have not. I am still Captain Death in my heart and in my soul. Um, well, I, I have not changed since I was 13. Um, <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know some people mature faster than others.:
0: I was going to say so, I'm pretty sure just, I, I met you when <laughs> I'm pretty sure I met you when I was 13, so I think this is that fair. sounds correct.: I think this is fair. Um, what I will say is, uh their names that they came onto the show with later are Terry the tickler and a bunch of baby ducks.:
1: A bunch of baby ducks. Correct. Nice like in a trench coat kind of deal. That's his name though. Quite
0: literally is how ducks. I, that's actually how I drew him uh, in, in a, in a coat with a hood um, because I, I, I wanted to make his face. Uh, I wanted to make his face out of baby ducks. And so that's, that's what I did. <laughs> I'm now, right. I'm now pulling up my SoundCloud <laughs> so that I could show you the illustrations of these people uh because i think i think you'll appreciate it um i based uh terry the tickler off of jeff the killer um i just drew, um, i drew my friend's face as jeff the killer basically
1: is jeff the killer is that the comic that was done by the invader zim guy
0: no you're think you're else. thinking of uh homicide uh homicidal um ah fuck
1: yeah, yeah yeah okay okay never mind then
0: Hom- homicide what, what the fuck is his name i totally forget now
1: Some, something the homicidal maniac i, yeah, I just yeah. don't know what the name what name is
0: um jeff the killers is, is a creepypasta he he was the right after uh the dark knight came out uh this meme went around of this guy's like bleached face with red smile saying go to sleep
1: uh yeah, I've seen
0: that. Yeah, I uh I drew my friend as that uh monster essentially. Um I'm uh, I'm I'm capturing it right now just to sh- share its wonderful authenticity with you. <laughs>
1: Jesus then, Christ.
0: <laughs> and then I drew my other friend as a literal gaggle of baby ducks making up his face because uh, I thought it would be very unsettling to look at. And it, it it's not very unsettling, but it's uncanny, <laughs> to say the least.
1: Jesus Christ. No, that's awesome. But it's like, also
0: it's like, where did the yeah, mouth, where did the mouth come from?
1: <laughs> yeah, who knows? Who knows? That's
0: what that's happens more... when a bunch of baby ducks come together to form a human being.
1: Yeah, that's more unsettling than it has any right to be, right? <laughs> I can't imagine something cuter than ducklings. Yeah, just a bunch but of baby. The ducks mouth though. really fucks me up.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, anyway, uh, I've I've been we've we've been hanging, we've been talking, we've been divulging. But uh, what I what I appreciate about you, Ramses, is that. You're you're a man of, of many talents and you're a man of many words. And when I ask you what you want to do, you give me a fucking answer. <laughs> Unlike so many other people on this goddamn show. Um, I like to be
1: decisive <laughs> about these things because I know I know how easy it is to waffle. So I'm, I'm happy to steer the ship.
0: This show might might as well just be called Lots of Waffles <laughs> because uh, that's what I tend to do uh, when people... Sit down and say I don't know what I want to read Today so what I What I did ladies and gents uh, On this episode of lots of pasta With Ramsey's Vanderslice I'm not sure I I think I was just looking at I was looking at the new statistics on on How SoundCloud uploads things I think they said I'm over uh, 27,000 Minutes
1: Hmm Jesus I don't even think I've taken 266 Shits in my life (laughs) I need to see a doctor about that, but like, (laughs) that's crazy.
0: Uh, I'm seeing how I want to see if that. What that that computes to how many many poops (laughs)
1: per year? No,
0: no, no, no. that's that's (laughs) 18.75 days. (laughs) That's four hundred and (laughs) fifty hours. (laughs) <laughs> oh, they say you're not an expert in something until you get to like a thousand, right?
1: Yeah, that's true. Well they I think it's ten thousand. Talking about Malcolm Gladwell? Maybe. Maybe that's... A hack. don't listen to him. You're already <laughs> an expert. You just well, gotta believe. I'm
0: I'm saying I need to count my post hours, right? Like I need to count the hours oh, yeah. that it's actually taking me to record and edit and everything. Uh-huh. If if there are 450 hours live, I'd easily triple that to to say that that's where I'm at in sure. in the amount of work I've put into this. But um, the thing the thing I wanted to talk about. Um, we're going back. Every once in a while, I like to have these episodes, right? Because we're going back to how this show, like, used to work, right? I don't think there's anything... Th- I don't think there's anything people expect from me more during, like, Halloween than to do the show as authentically as I can, <laughs> right? So, mm-hmm. this last episode, I did a solo episode, excuse me, where I... Uh, I read a story about a guy sitting at a bar drinking and a, and a redhead walks in and, and you know, basically persuades this guy into believing that like she is the devil incarnate. And I was like, Oh, that's fun. You know, that's a fun little story. It's, it was a single story throughout the entire episode, but what the show used to be was me and my friends, whoever they may be in, in the beginning episodes, we would sit down we would look at a list and we would just fucking pick something. It would always be this wild. You never know what's coming next, sort of off the cuff, dive into online fiction and just see, right. Hey, what was this person feeling at that exact time that they wanted to write about and just go ahead and publish and put online. Let's see what they have to say.
1: (laughs) Sure. And, the, and there's I, under you, the umbrella of creepypasta. Still, yeah. I was going to say, are these all still like unread by you? Because this document is uh, fucking huge. Okay, okay.
0: Oh, no, the document used to be thousands of pages long. I gave Ramses a list of uh, the minimal amount of creepypasta I have left. I don't have many of them. Um, and I said, pick two. And then I picked two, and then I gave Ramses my list of Reddit no sleep stories, and I said pick two, and I'll pick two. So we're going to read eight stories today, and they're going to be all across the board. They have a bunch of crazy titles, but this is essentially what the show used to be, and I always like to get back to it every once in a while, because I think it it still promotes a spontaneity that I really enjoy Um Enabling on these episodes Because you just you never know what comes Next It's oh, very cam- it's very campfire Esque you know that that was the Original idea is um, If If the world of online Horror fiction Exists Then why isn't there like A new tv show Like are you afraid of the dark style About like the best stories on no sleep. You know? Like, why isn't that something Shudder has chosen to do yet? You know, I'm these are surprised they haven't. These are million dollar ideas that I'm just throwing out there for free. And uh, I'd even say some of our best episodes would make for some of the best episodes to be adapted live. Um, and the closest we've ever gotten is Sci Fi had a show called Channel Zero that did a different uh, creepypasta or no sleep for each season. And as much as I liked it and as much as I enjoyed it's it's it only lasted four seasons. So it only adapted four stories Um, as much as I enjoyed it. It took short stories and drew them out well beyond their page count. Mm -hmm. And and it always just kind of leaves something wanting. Um, because the, the thing that makes some of these creepypastas great is just how short they are. You know, uh, candle cove, great fucking story, maybe eight pages long. The, the season one of channel zero that adapted that into a live action thing. I think it was eight episodes and each of them are like 45 minutes to an hour long. So it's like, You just stretched an eight-page story into an eight-hour narrative. Why would you do that?
1: That's insane. It's
0: cool. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to shit on it. I I have all four of the seasons. I, I try to share them with as many people who don't know about that as possible. Just because it is... Obviously, I relate to that. Obviously, I want to promote that. Because I am promoting people's fiction online the same way that they are. So... um yeah uh creepypasta when it comes to creepypasta uh it is very often like notably dated or poorly written and that's why i think it's funny at least funnier than no sleep i think there is a a a level of quality with no sleep where if someone says something is good it's actually good Whereas if someone says something is good on Creepypasta, it just means that it spooked them a little bit. Maybe it doesn't sure. mean it, it doesn't mean it was written well. It doesn't mean that it's actually competent. It just means that someone got a light a light frightened. You know. Yeah. Um.
1: I get frightened uh, like every day when I leave the house. Um, <laughs> ra- rarely is it good.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's that's what I'm looking for right now. I want. I want you, uh, I want you to think that I'm going to make you go outside.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, want, I want you to act like I am a belligerent driver <laughs> and I could run you over at any moment. I, that's, most of the, that's most of the spooking that happens in my life. To be honest, I'm it's your, driving I'm your Uber. I'm your Uber and I'm not going the right way. <laughs> oh, no, <laughs> you're my Uber driver and the car smells so bad and And there's still 20 more minutes of the car ride left and i have no idea what the smell could be
0: i won't stop talking about dragon ball z and i only i only answer to the name captain death
1: (laughs) that would be i would i would think that's hilarious Oh, OK, that's because I'm, I'm only Ubering for like 30 minutes. I can talk about Dragon Ball Z for that long. Yeah, try me. <laughs> or I can let you talk about Dragon Ball Z for that long. Go just nod
0: it. your head the entire time. Like, yeah, uh-huh, um, yeah, uh-huh, no, totally. oh,
1: What about Yamcha? I'll, I'll yeah, prompt you, you know? Kamek, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just say one word. Oh, that's
0: Yamcha, nice. just Yamcha. Yeah, Yamcha, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yamcha, right? Uh... <laughs> I mean, if you're going uh, right. to say one thing, you might as well say Yamcha. All right. Um... What a guy. What a what a guy. Uh, We're going to let you start. And I think um, what's funny, what's funny about the first one we're going to read. Dude, I've been I've been been like
1: skimming over it. It is not a story. Uh, It's it's page
0: 637 in case you don't have it. Oh, I'm Um, here. You're here, (laughs) you're here and we're ready. Um, I'm already reading it and I'm just like, someone just fucking wrote this. All right. All right. Uh, let's see what the world felt that they needed to put pen to paper. Um, we're going to start with Ramsey's reading a story called Turn Me On, Dead
1: Man. Right. Yeah. Immediately intrigued. So Turn Me On, Dead Man by uh, Danny. Danny is actually
0: Danny is actually the one who uh, referenced this story and told me to read it. He's a he's a listener on the show.
1: Oh, well, then thank you, Danny, for <laughs> grabbing this for me to read. Uh, we all know Paul McCartney, the beloved member of the Beatles. That's a strong start. I We all do know Paul McCartney. In some circles... Him. Sure. Well, yeah, okay, yeah, sure. In Who really circles... knows Paul McCartney? Not According even the to this, Beatles, apparently. Probably nobody, yeah. In yep. some circles, it is believed that he actually died in a car accident in 1966 mm. and was replaced by a look/slash sound alight in order to spare the public from the grief of losing such a cherished idol. But let's just was... kill Michael Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> it was feared that his death would cause devastation even mass suicides among his fans
0: wait we're talking about paul mccartney right paul mccartney we're not talking about yeah. like
1: elvis or like even elvis who's doing this i don't know this is such a crazy I'm, i have a feeling we're gonna get into it because okay, this is not a long get story into it. i'm not i'm not gonna i'm not gonna interrupt and uh no no no, no, no. the interrupting is fine it's just because it, this isn't really a story this is just like a a sort of synopsis of this conspiracy theory, it seems like. And turns out like far to from me. I assumed it was going to be. I assumed. It, I'll, I'll keep going. Um, <laughs> another common, more logical belief is that this was simply a rumor that the band played into to gain publicity. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that sounds right. <clears throat> According to the theory, Paul drove off in his car and Austin Healy after an argument with the band during a recording session. It is said that he crashed his car and died. He was supposedly replaced by a look-alike who's been rumored to be William Campbell, the winner of a Paul McCartney look-alike contest. The band may have looked like Paul, but how would he manage to imitate his distinct musical styles? Some believe he was very strictly and professionally trained to sound just like him. By who? <laughs> by who? Right, like I, so I don't know a ton about the Beatles. Uh, But it does strike me that this was the era of, like, producing your own music. Like, the Beatles weren't really obsessively stage-managed. They were their own, like, guiding unit. So for this to be true, it would have to be, like, the other three. It would have to be Lennon, Ringo, and fucking George Harrison getting together and, like, clandestinely training this man to become Paul there's no
0: possible and, way and i don't i don't know how to tell the person who wrote this
1: that mm, that isn't likely <laughs> no fucking way are you kidding me maybe maybe george harrison and ringo starr could have could have done it if they really cared to do it john lennon would not help with that oh, project no, lennon would not have given us <laughs> there's no possible you he could, he could barely do his own stuff most of the time correct uh there's no way it's crazy it's crazy that like that people <laughs> believe this they they believe this about like avril levine they believe this about so many they're like so oh, yeah. many like this, uh Barack this-
0: obama this- is a reptilian yeah mm-hmm. no mm-hmm. I, i've seen it i've seen it at, I least, understand. Yeah, at least
1: that one i kind of like i kind <laughs> of understand but with the whole like this musician died and was replaced with an an identical clone it's like wh- why would you ever need to do that? You can just get a different musician. Nobody cares, really. <laughs> Sorry, I, just, I, I appreciate how
0: funny. I appreciate how 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 much this is actually getting you. <laughs> well,
1: okay, like you know, the whole Ramsey shtick is like, uh, you know, started off as a conspiracy channel because I just think conspiracies are funny. But so right, this so is
0: we've uh, talked about we've talked about the channels you're aping before, right? So and like this
1: is. Just a common kind of conspiracy theory that I just, I just don't get. Like it doesn't do <laughs> other conspiracy theories. Like at least give you this sense of like. There's a rabbit there's hole. Like someone, someone went down roar. a rabbit hole.
0: They got all these things to deal with each other. They, they, they made a, a web. You know that they're they're drawing all these lines to. Mm-hmm. There aren't lines with this one. Yeah,
1: someone, someone just, like, just made this
0: up, and someone swallowed it.
1: All right, right, gonna. I'll keep going. I'm uh, sorry. <laughs> I just have feelings. As the rumor spread, fans began to notice various clues hidden in songs and album artwork. A well-known clue is that the words spoken by John Lennon in the song Strawberry Fields Forever are, I Buried Paul. The famous Abbey Road album cover has also been interpreted as a funeral procession. John is dressed in white to symbolize the preacher or religious figure. Ringo is dressed in black symbolize the mourner, or mortician, pallbearer. There are various interpretations. George is dressed in denim to symbolize the grave dig- Hold on. <laughs> A little bit loose on that one. What does that mean? George is dressed in denim to
0: symbolize the grave digger? I think they just mean the blue collar aspect of it. <laughs> the literal, <laughs> pers- <laughs> The literal <laughs> person outside of religion and outside of family who has to be present when someone dies.
1: Uh huh. I think that's crazy. I think maybe this, I think this person thinks that like he, everyone that works in a you know a funeral, God, what are they called? Uh, cemetery. Wow, jeez. Everyone that works in a cemetery is like dressed in a Canadian tuxedo. That's the <laughs> uniform. Um, and Paul, dear God, is barefoot. And out of step with the rest of the band, symbolizing the deceased.
0: I don't know if that symbolizes the deceased or just. I don't. Yeah, dude,
1: you can. I guess you can just say whatever. He was you wearing denim, just, which I reminds know, me of. Death. I don't know
0: if you've ever written anything online <laughs> or put anything <laughs> really? online before, Ramses. But you really can just say whatever.
1: That's really cool. This is. It's giving me uh, a <laughs> tenth-grade English uh, essay that you were writing the night before. Uh, I think the rug symbolized death. Because they frequently do. I say so. Uh, there are various other clues hidden in the Abbey Abbey Road artwork, including a license plate on a Volkswagen that reads 28 IF, supposedly indicating that Paul would be 28 if he hadn't crashed,
0: if he'd survived the crash. <laughs> that is fucking hilarious. <laughs>
1: Paul would what have if, actually been 27. What if we, oh, in, what do you,
0: the undercuts? Okay. What if we had been super serious, though, and I put I put this, like, really tense soundtrack underneath your, your reading, and you actually read like you were reading, like, Unsolved Mysteries or something? Like, Paul would have actually been 27, which could tie... Like, what if we did this as deadpan and as oh. serious... As this author intended
1: for this to be written and then read as. I could do that reading. I think because of my background. I don't want you to. <laughs> I'm immediately not doing it. But like, God, I've I've sat through so many of of these videos where they're they're yep. taking it so seriously. You. Understand. I do love undercutting the point immediately though, which is Paul would have actually been 27. So that okay, which could tie into a completely different elaborate conspiracy. Nice parenthetical. Care to do, elaborate? Do tell. Okay, no, nope, no, nope, we're just going to let that go. But he would have been in his 28th year of existence, which by Indian belief would make him 28. Jesus Since they us. count the time spent as a fetus part as a... Since they count the time spent as a fetus part of one's life. Sure. Okay. On the back... On the, <laughs> on the back cover of Abbey Road, there's a girl in a blue dress. Apparently. If you hold the album away from you and look at her elbow, there's a hidden profile of Paul. It's believed by followers of the conspiracy that this album's artwork was staged.
0: And her elbow stands for death. Ah,
1: ah, what's. Okay, I need to look at that picture because I'm having a hard time imagining uh, someone's elbow looking like Paul McCartney's face. But I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna take this guy's word for it. He seems like he's done the research. The cover of Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band also bears some clues to the conspiracy. The wax dummies of George, Ringo, and Paul are looking at a grave. There are yellow flowers shaped like a guitar. From a distance, it is believed that the flowers spell out Paul. Oh, okay, the from a distance, it is believed the flowers spell out Paul. Do do they or don't they spell out? <laughs> Hold on, I'm looking it up. I don't. Wonder, what yeah, from a distance, it, oh, just it is believed. Um, let's, let's give it a look. I have, I, I own this album even. Um, just need to see this cover image so that I can. Um, this says Big Daddy. Is that what it says on the cover? It says Big Daddy. <laughs> no, what the hell? Why Big is that the Daddy? first thing? Why? <laughs> hold on, hold on. Sorry, my <laughs> Big Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> my, my, my fucking Google auto-corrected my search to Big Daddy search in <laughs> so I was very confused as to why the first three images all had Big Daddy printed in, in the flowers. Jesus. Um, I'm losing my mind. This is making the,
0: you lose your Let your me look at though. the
1: actual cover. <laughs> And let me read this again. From a distance, it is believed that the flowers spell out Paul. Where? Where, where in the guitar? In the part that <laughs> says Beatles? I love the like I love the whole if you squint your eyes it looks like this kind of thing because at oh, a yeah. certain point it almost feels like they're saying if you close your eyes, you can imagine it's anything. <laughs> Okay, so that's tra It does not spell Paul. Uh, there's also supposedly a doll in a green dress watching a toy car crash. What do you mean supposedly, supposedly. a doll in a green? It either is Where? there or it isn't. It's either there or it's not. You're making okay. shit up. <laughs> I love that they're they're talking about it like it's an image you cannot Google. Although apparently you can't Google it because you'll look at Big Daddy's Sergeant Peppers. Right. There is a girl in a green dress. I don't see a car. So, you know half right. 50% is not bad. On the back cover, Paul's back is turned to the camera. Also on the back, George is pointing at the lyrics, Wednesday morning at five o'clock, which is the rumored time of Paul's death. In the song Glass Onion, the lyrics include, here's another clue for you all, the walrus was Paul. This pertains to a Norse belief that the walrus was a sign of death. Geez, really scraping the bottom of the barrel. Revolution 9 supposedly (laughs) contains a hidden subliminal message. When played backwards, the words, Turn me on, dead man. Turn me on, dead man. There are countless clues to this conspiracy. To share them all would take days. I doubt (laughs) it. I encourage you to research. (laughs) I didn't (laughs) just compile this just now, and it ends at three pages. (laughs) I encourage you to research the theory and come to your own conclusion. It's quite interesting whether you believe the theory or not. OK, I don't I don't even, I don't even know if it's interesting. I have my own opinion, though. I will not state it to keep this unbiased. Are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> I really love that. I That's so good. Well, now I know that this is like thoroughly researched and rigorous. I love this guy the, is like, remain,
0: the remainder of this story is just I'll leave you with some lyrics for thought. And, and then, then he is. just puts come together.
1: <laughs> yep. he just post the lyrics to come together, which I will not read,
0: which we're not going to read because you know
1: it because, you know, the lyrics to come together. Um, and also what is it? Hold on. No, I do want to talk about this briefly. I'm not going to read the lyrics, but no, no, no you don't have to read
0: what? the lyrics, but we can talk about come together. What soon. do the lyrics
1: have to do with anything? Yep. Uh, Cause like the lyrics to come together are famously nonsensical. Yeah. I feel like I've, I feel like maybe um, I'm taking it all back now. I feel like maybe the author of this has got one over on me and this is a huge shit post.
0: I would love nothing more for that to be the truth, but I feel like I know in, in my heart and in my soul this person wrote this to be serious.
1: Yeah, no, you're absolutely correct. I just,
0: <laughs> there's I just some can't. There's some full metal autism at work here. <laughs> and- I, I love,
1: to share them all would take days. I, I love the, like, call to, like, every conspiracy theorist will do this, where they will say, like, a few things, and then they'll be like, and also, there's a million other things. <laughs> I won't tell them to you right now because I respect your time. They exponential say exponential
0: like, thing that you have to be intelligent enough to realize.
1: Yeah, you got to do your own research. And <laughs> it's just really great because like they'll say that there's like there's so many more things, but they're they, in the interest of time and like your own sanity, like they're not going to mention them. And they'll say that sentence in the m- middle of like a two hour live stream they're doing about this topic. <laughs> Like I'm going to keep this brief and only talk for 3 hours this time. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Okay, that's so that's Turn me on dead man. Uh, I would rate it <laughs> Yeah, give me, zero, give me. <laughs> zero. stars. Not a story actually. Just not a not a story at all. I hope uh, you're ready. I hope you're ready for the next one cuz I just went to pass it on and i think it's written by the same person. <laughs> I dude, i hope so. I were, honestly I want an entire episode written by this guy <laughs> cuz he's not he does not have it together and i love
0: Apparently him. Danny has it out for us because this is another one of his suggestions for us
1: to read. Maybe Danny wrote these. This is a shout out to you Danny. You got a lot of thoughts. Danny, I'm i genuinely I love the first one and if this one <laughs> if this one's similar, i i thank you wholeheartedly. I'm gonna read a
0: story called Pass It On from Creepypasta It's quite an interesting concept those little pass it on messages I mean do you? What? (laughs) Chain letters? How would I I have known that? It's the first sentence, man. Pass it on. (laughs) Chain letters. And people telling you, post this in five different comments or else you'll die tonight. Interesting indeed. (laughs) But the idea lacks originality. (laughs) It's the same story with each one. Pass it on or die. Pass it on and they go on living a happy ending for everyone. But what if there was a little twist? Let's say that there's a photo out there. It's not one of those can't be found anywhere else type of pictures. It's actually really easy to find. Just use your chosen search engine and type in black and white photo of twins.
1: Just type in Big Daddy, Sergeant Pepper. (laughs) Big Daddy, Sergeant
0: Pepper. You should be presented with a variety of different black and white photos of twins, but let me help you and tell you what to look for. You're looking for a picture of two twin girls wearing black dresses and white headbands. The twin on the left has a straight face while the one on the right is smiling. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, am I'm gonna carry along. I'm gonna do this black. Sure, white I've, I've found and white the picture he's talking photo about. Photo of twins.
1: I do like that. Um, it's the only black and white photo of twins that I'm getting in my image shirt. Every other one is a picture of two twins where one is black and one is white. <laughs> Man, every other one maybe they, the story is deal. dated uh it yeah it definitely is i have to scroll down like quite a ways before i see another actual they're saying uh, they're colorless saying this photo
0: no we want the girls to be black and white not the photo All mm-hmm. all right interesting okay. i see i see the picture you got mm-hmm. it found it good Now, as you'll see, there's nothing particularly unnerving about the photo. It may be a little creepy. Eh. But other than that, it looks as normal as any other picture you've ever come across. Now, here's the twist. If you do pass it on, you die. Hey, Ramses, I'm going to text you this picture (laughs) Yeah, like, like, just, just shoot it over. Like, share follow and subscribe now i know most of you given this particular set of choices would choose to leave the picture be wrong (laughs) But but allow me to elaborate upon what happens when you don't pass the picture on to someone else
1: this is a story full of hypotheticals yeah well this is the someone just wrote out the brainstorming phase and forgot to write the story, story after phase.
0: <laughs> If you leave it alone after seeing it, you'll have nightmares. I know. I know. Bad dreams don't sound so bad when compared to uh, the alternative. <laughs> you know, I'm pulling yeah. on my, my, the sleeve of my neck. <laughs> but trust me, it gets worse. It all begins with something simple. Before long, you'll see the twins standing side by side in the darkness The girl on the left will leave and you'll be left alone with her smiling twin and Just before you wake up, she'll whisper Pass it on and her smile will widen ever so slightly. I Know it doesn't sound like much of a nightmare. The first of many. It's fairly subtle but with each successive nightmare, things begin to change
1: gradually. He's going to explain there might be your
0: nightmare
1: <laughs> gradually. <like> you might... <laughs> Sorry, keep going. <laughs> the
0: smiling girl gets closer and closer to you, while her smile widens to impossible lengths. You won't be able to help, but feel greatly disturbed and unsafe when it happens. Don't worry, that's normal. (laughs) What's next, however? (laughs) Not so much. (laughs) (laughs) You'll try to wake yourself up, you'll try to move, but nothing will work. You'll find yourself trapped. She'll bring out various instruments. A guitar, a triangle, the Beatles, (laughs) Big Daddy himself, (laughs) a knife, chains, gasoline, matches, breakfast cereal, orangutans, (laughs) many devices to make you feel uneasy.
1: Many devices.
0: (laughs) Then you panic. You can't help but think of all the horrible things this twisted, sadistic child has in store for you. And does she ever have some horrible things in store for you? Let's take a moment to think about the possibilities. Or perhaps I will just write them as, as more questions, hmm?
1: Oh, man.
0: What do you think she'll do to you, Ramses? Wrap the chains around your head and pull until your skull splits. I hope so. Gouge out your eyes. Read you another story exactly (laughs) like this. (laughs) Cut out your tongue, slice off your ears, burn you alive knowing that you can't move. That and more, my dear. You take the term unimaginable torture too lightly until you fall asleep. What the fuck does that mean? <laughs> what, the <laughs> what the hell is that? What the Sorry. does <laughs> that sentence mean? that If you think she'll lash you with chains, she'll do so only after she's laid them in fire and stuck railroad spikes in your back.
1: <laughs> oh, Jesus.
0: If you think she'll burn you, she'll tear open your torso, pour gasoline into the wound, and light the match. You'll wake up screaming. Your body will remember the pain it's endured while you quiver in fear. Every time you wake up, you'll notice subtle differences about your body, a bruise here, a scratch there. But as each nightmare gradually gets worse, so do the marks which shall be left behind. Before long, the scratches will become fresh, bloody scars. If you dreamt that you took a sledgehammer to the knee, you'll wake up and rise only to find your legs buckling below you as pain surges through your kneecaps. All the while, her words linger in the back of your mind. Subway, eat fresh.
1: (laughs) You'll try to
0: avoid sleeping, but it's no use. The twins make their way into your reality they're always there at your home at your place of work at school you would fight back but their visage appears in place of the faces of your loved ones eventually you'll hide yourself away from everyone in an effort to avoid seeing these demonic children it's all in vain however You see them in that millisecond of darkness when you blink. You'll see them in reflections and in your peripheral vision. You'll see them everywhere you can't escape. You can consider suicide, even attempt it, but they won't let you go so easily. That shotgun that you've got hidden in the closet, the revolver in the nightstand, useless. What?! How strange! What, is that? what they does that seem, mean? they I'm dictating your reality. Shush! <laughs> how strange they seem to be jammed, or, or missing the trigger entirely. <laughs> oh, I hate it when I. I hate when my, my gun, gun shoot does myself. that. And there's no. And the trigger, that's actually. Took it. That's actually how the Nazis lost World War Two. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I must have tr- left the trigger in the other nightstand. Fuck me a cocktail of cold and flu and pain medications won't help either what (laughs) oh you're saying if you overdose on meds it just said it in in a childish way that only they would assume that if you drink an entire bottle of Theraflu you're fucked it's so very odd indeed how you just can't seem to hold them down long enough for them to take effect soon enough you won't be able to distinguish your dreams from reality
1: you'll wake up (laughs)
0: <laughs> You'll wake. Away- no, shush. You'll wake from one torturous experience, only to be greeted by alternative horrors. Without realizing it, you've given the twins a new playmate. And do they ever like to play? <coughs> well, at least one does. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck the other one. The smiling one is the one I want you to play with. <laughs> While one plays with you, the other will just stand there watching, (laughs) chanting, Pass it on, over and over again, all the while ignoring your cries for help. There's no happy ending to be had. Should you remain optimistic, I'm afraid you're just as naive as those who came before you. And there were many, oh so many, and you won't be the last I've made certain of it. Now, now, you have a decision to make. Now that you've seen the picture and discovered the consequences, whatever shall you do? (sighs) Might you leave the picture be and pray that this was some twisted story? Or will you decide to pass it on?
1: Jesus Christ, man. I'm
0: I'm gonna kill myself
1: now. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. I I was gonna before I read it, to be fair. I love that It's just like, yeah, if you don't share it, you'll have nightmares. And by nightmares, I mean, you can't kill yourself. And also there will be real twins and they will be torturing <laughs> you for real. Oh, <laughs> uh, that was that was gold. That's wonderful. That was
0: frankly, that was frankly gold. That's and wonderful. I, I can't I can't help but think that the night is going to get worse because we're going to read better quality stories from this point forward probably no, we don't know that that's not true
1: you're right you're right <laughs> we might strike gold i also i love the puzzle master uh sort of like syntax and tone that a lot of these creepy pastas take like the might you leave the picture be and pray that this was just some <laughs> twisted story like you can hear them twirling their mustache as they're <laughs> writing it it's so funny i don't know why they think that is scaring me
0: i want you to move to the next story and realize that this is yet another recommendation from danny from Crazy Danny Pasta. is killing it thank you danny uh Dan- <laughs> okay <laughs> I'm just going to call this episode Happy Halloween, Danny. <laughs> like, like, I can't call it anything else at this point, because he's he's orchestrated this episode unknowingly. Um, and and you want to know how this story starts? By asking you another hyperbolic question. <laughs> I fucking
1: love this. Oh, man, <laughs> I'm fucking it. It just keeps
0: getting better.
1: I'm losing it. OK, so this story is called the dead man's mouth Yeah. Cre- yep. a creepy pasta given to us by our god our lord and savior danny <laughs> would you believe me if i told you that genies were real they are but okay <laughs> so that's that's all that <laughs> they are <laughs> but they're not like anything you'd expect them to be the stories say that you have to rub a magic lamp to get them to come out but that's only half true it doesn't have to be a bottle it can be anything do you want proof Nah. they just, no, yeah, you know, honestly, with these hypotheticals, I'm starting to think that maybe I don't want to play along with them. They feel like there's for. nothing it for me. There's a street at the edge of town where nobody lives. I forget the name, but you know which one I'm talking about. Go there. You'll need a carton of milk and a candle. Okay, already assuming that I live in a place that has an edge of town, and I hate to break the, the news to this guy, but I don't... <laughs> There's actually, you know, there are plenty of streets in inside of Philly where nobody lives. So maybe I have to go into the interior somewhere and not to the edge. Every one of the houses on that street are empty and falling apart. Yeah, this is just inner city Philly. This is not the exterior. The I'm one sorry, you're I'm looking for in
0: my mind's eye.
1: Yeah, the one you're looking for doesn't appear any different from the others on the outside, but it's what's inside that makes it so special. Go inside. So, how am I supposed to know which one it is? <laughs> Trespass. Am i supposed to just enter each one of the houses until I. Okay. Let's go in right. here. Here's the instructions
0: for this story so far Go to Philly, find a house, go inside
1: it. Break in. B <laughs> Go inside, shut the door behind you, and go up the stairs. They look weak, but don't worry, they won't collapse on you. Once you come to the hallway at the top, go all the way down. And hmm, like the hallway. OK, yeah. Yes. Go all the way down and there will be a closed door on your right. Knock on it. No one will answer, but it's rude to simply barge in.
0: <laughs> but you just barged into the house.
1: Yeah, no, Beanie is OK. But going into ah, someone's But bedroom, once you're in a booth. Come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Exactly. There's a, lo- a whole level of privacy there. Fair enough, honestly. Inside, there will be a man sitting in a chair facing the door. Don't worry, this man is dead. He's been dead <laughs> very for a worried. long time. <laughs> yeah. He's been dead for a long, long time, but his skin is still attached to his body like he only died a week ago. You might That's notice good. that his, stomach's lo- his stomach looks bloated. It's supposed to be that way. No, of course he isn't looking at you. He's dead. It's always dark in that room, no matter how bright the sun is shining. Set the candle on the table and light it. It will not illuminate the back of Who the Who told me to bring a fucking candle? Where when, oh. where when did this become an experiment? He said uh, earlier you need a carton of milk and a candle. So we do need oh. we have two items that we need to bring oh, for okay. this for okay. this sort of like I, puzzle.
0: I, I miss I miss that part.
1: It's okay. I don't <laughs> I don't think it's that important, but we'll see. <laughs> uh, it will not illuminate the back of the room. That's alright. You don't want to see what's back there. Alright. Now comes the fun part. Take your milk in one hand and, and with the other, reach out and open the dead man's mouth. Pour the milk inside. All of it. Don't stop.
0: All right, guys, then, this is me going live. I found a dead body and we're doing the milk challenge. <laughs> Let's see if it's
1: actually dead. How much milk can we fit in this guy? <laughs> then once it's all gone, step back and wait. You might hear something moving inside the dead man's stomach. Don't worry. It's supposed to do that. Strange thoughts will come to you. You will remember a song your mother sang to you when you were little. Even if your mother never sang, or if you never knew your mother, you'll remember this song. Sing it. Once you're done, you'll see the strange thing inside the dead man's stomach, the thing that made him look bloated, move.
0: It will rise up through his chest. Let's go, girl.
1: (laughs) going I was, out tonight
0: I'm feeling alright I'm gonna get out all the time I'm <laughs> best just, like, thing about, about being me. a woman
1: is that down little fun yeah That's
0: what um, your mom would sing
1: to you yeah oh nice and uh, sort of like WB dancing frog jumps out of this guy's uh, like sort of chest bursts through this guy like <laughs> alien and starts dancing to it I would, I would break it. I would do some B and E to experience Hello, that. Hello, my baby. To be
0: Hello, my honey. Hello,
1: my <laughs> <Yeah. right-time> girl. <laughs> it will rise up through his chest, then up his throat, and then finally, it will force the dead man's mouth open and fall out onto the table. You won't know how to describe it. You describe it to be sorry. Please. You won't know how to describe <laughs> it. All red, oozing meat and teeth, eyes, and a long tendril that runs from its back into the dead man's mouth. It almost looks like a fetus, though certainly not a human one. Don't worry, it won't hurt you. This is the genie you came to see. Oh. It will say something in a language nobody knows, and a hand you cannot see will place something on the table in front of you. Take it. It's not polite to refuse gifts. From it a sack of- on a table. From yeah, from this undescribable thing. It will be one of three things and what happens next depends on what you receive. Once you take it, the genie will go back inside the dead man's stomach to sleep. If you receive a small copper coin, thank the dead man and leave. Take the milk carton. Do not blow out the candle. Go home and go right to bed. When you wake up, something good will happen to you. It's different for everybody, but the result is always good. If you receive the head of a tin soldier, you will blink and find yourself back on the sidewalk outside the dead man's house, and you will see yourself going through the front door. Do not follow yourself inside because this time the door will not lead into the dead man's house. Go home. But that sounds like a fun story. I don't want to write that story right now. Yeah, Shut I up! I know you I don't know. want to write it. I want. You know what I want to do? I want to barely write this story. Okay. Fair Comment down in the back. Fair enough. If you receive. If you receive the eye of a cat, the candle will go out. I'm not sure what happens after that. (laughs) (gasps) I didn't want to write that either. Who who are you that you even know that that happens then, man? (laughs) Sometimes they're never heard from again. Other times when a new adventurous soul ventures inside to see the genie, the dead man or woman might be you. So it sounds like you do know what happens when, when I'm given the cat eye, actually. It's that I die. Oh. Well, Why I
0: hope gonna... I get the cat eye. Uh, dude, <laughs> I can't. <laughs> oh.
1: <laughs> I love... <laughs> dude, I'm losing my shit. I can't believe we in three stories and none of them were were really a story. Yep. <laughs> they, were, they were all approaching the
0: first one was just not remember when i said i wanted to give you the most authentic lots of pasta experience oh you said you said to me i remember you saying this <laughs> ramses we started recording and you said hey captain death what what would what would this show used to be like back in the beginning and i said well young ramses even though we're the same age i i believe uh the show back in the beginning was just kind of a lot of horse shit and we just read a lot of horse shit and jumped from horse shit to horseshit as the story. Uh, nope. Wouldn't even describe it as a story as something someone wrote and put online <laughs> uh, just kind of goes on until it ends and we read it.
1: <laughs> wow. Well, it's it is my great sadness to announce that the next story, the next story is not to be a story. The next story is appears not recommended to be a story by Danny. and it
0: is also not recommended by Danny. But <sighs> I I I'm at a point in the episode now where I'm I'm now seeing how many times this document mentions the word Danny and I'm just gonna I'm just gonna <laughs> just I'm gonna Danny? look and see if there are any more suggestions by Danny and the, and there are, uh,
1: yeah, there's a, there's a two page one.
0: There's, there's actually a lot. There's actually eight? quite, there's quite a bit, actually. Um, I don't, I don't necessarily want to dovetail the entire episode and go down, <laughs> yeah, you do, and, you don't have to and go down the Danny, go down the Danny trail. Um, But I'm but I'm not going to lie to say that I'm fucking tempted to just Uh, derail our entire episode and just start reading things Danny recommended.
1: (laughs) I I'm just obsessed. I'm sorry. I get to, you know, I dive in easily. Once I start uh, sensing the theme, <laughs> I, started, I started sniffing something weird going on. <laughs> mm. Oh, shit. Uh, the the Dollmaster, it's like, it starts, like, the same way. That's crazy. I'm looking. Have you up. ever heard of the Dollmaster? No? Well, it's... A... <laughs> and I guess it's like, that's a function of these are supposed to be, like, kind of oral, off-the-cuff, like casual stories to make them feel more real. But it is funny how many of them start with like, do you know the thing I'm about to tell you? <laughs> well, if you don't, oh boy.
0: Um, here's, here's what we're going to do.
1: We don't have to. We can totally just do the list that we have. I, I need to let you know that. We uh, follow your heart <laughs> on this one. I'll have a great time uh... regardless.
0: I'm I'm legitimately at a fork in the road because part of me just thinks it would be funnier to continue reading these these shitty stories that Danny found. Um, I'm just I'm trying to add up the length to make sure it's equivalent.
1: Doing some quick math. Yeah.
0: All right, this is Danny. This is this is now officially Danny's Halloween special. Welcome to Danny
1: Ween everybody.
0: <laughs> we have decided right here and right now that we are going to change this entire episode as we had it planned and instead just read things Danny has sent us, which shout out to Danny. I don't know if you still listen to the show, bud, because we haven't spoken in a while. But um, this episode's for you This one's a dedication to you <laughs> Because you're just the right Kind of person to find Just the, the right amount of Terrible stories online um, I truly appreciate it uh, And I think I want to I wanna Keep it moving quickly So I'm going to read uh, I'm going to read what's called uh, Neighbors I'm there This week I moved into a new house. This house itself is lovely with two stories, three bedrooms, two baths, a fenced in backyard and a big kitchen. The tree in the front yard is tall and strong and does a fine job of blocking my living room windows from the street. The water pressure is fabulous. The closets are large, and the wood floors are new. The only problem I've had so far is that my neighbors are rather loud. Our houses connect on one side, so we share a living room, bedroom, and kitchen wall. All day long, I hear them banging around their kitchen, watching loud movies, talking, and their small child crying. It's a bit trying.
1: The Reddit moment.
0: But nothing I can't live with, I suppose Now, to get directly to the thing that really concerns me Thank you It started when I was in the shower this morning I usually like to have music playing while I shower While I, I usually like to have music playing while I shower But today, I decided that I'd rather just enjoy the silence The activity was fairly uneventful Until, as I was in the middle of washing my hair I heard my neighbors talking from the other side of the wall. I couldn't make out what they were saying, but it sounded strange to me. It seemed that they were mumbling something, whispering, and occasionally laughing quietly. But I couldn't figure out how I could hear them if they were evidently speaking quietly. I thought that they must be standing Absurdly close to their side of the wall in order to be so audible in the midst of a shower I didn't think too much of the incident until I was leaving for work an hour later And as I started to open my car door, I turned back to the house feeling like I'd forgotten something And as I looked up at my bedroom window I realized that the neighbor's house shares a wall on the opposite side of the house from my bathroom On the other side of my bathroom Lies my bedroom closet that's actually kind of creepy. I'm not going to uh-huh. lie. That okay. one that one actually kind of got me a little bit. Cuz it's sure. it's the whole uh it's the whole uh when a stranger calls, the call is coming from inside the house. So it's it's the, the, the a bait the,
1: and switch. The
0: small the small realization that what you've been afraid of the entire time is uh right under your nose and you just haven't seen it. It's actually, I will, I will yeah. say,
1: whisp- I can't hear shit when I'm in the shower. I Even if they're in the same house as me, if someone's whispering in a different room, catch me not knowing about it. Because I, I will not hear that shit at all. I think that's the point, though, is that
0: you're in the shower, you're distracted, it's obviously making enough noise, whether right. you have great water pressure or not. If you hear someone talking like they're right fucking next to you, I feel like that's super unsettling whether or not even the, you know, the psycho aspect of being at your most vulnerable when you're naked and in the shower, but hearing someone talk and just being like, well, what are, what are my neighbors talking about? That's so important. And then you realize where could the talking have been coming from other than in my side of the house, which is, you know, like I, I, said. uh, yeah, this.
1: Is, congrats, Danny! You gave us uh, one unsettling moment, and this is this is At, good. At least
0: one unsettling moment in in a in a Halloween special dedicated to you. So, <laughs> uh, hopefully, uh, what we read next is uh, worse. Um, I'm gonna let you read uh, my music box.
1: My music box. This is also a creepypasta without saying who recommended it in june of 2007 14 paranormal investigators were dispatched to a farmhouse in the countryside outside of omaha nebraska they arrived the evening of june 15th and set up their equipment planning an overnight stay they brought audio recorders video recorders and sensors to alert them to unusually high electromagnetic or ultrasonic signal uh Brief question, genuine question. What is an ultrasonic signal? What is, what is that? Anything? Is that anything?
0: Is, is that saying like ultrasound? Like, I guess, like what, what we don't hear to a, to a different degree.
1: Yeah. I just feel like if it can be recorded, it's still Sonic, but I guess Sonic depends on you hearing it. You know what? Not, not important. The investigators (laughs) only picked up a few odd noises but they happened upon a stash of 19th century memorabilia tucked away in a corner of the attic. The owner had not seen the artifacts. Among them were several clothing items, including a Confederate soldier's jacket, jewelry, and a music box. The music box was the most valuable item. A a historian later dated it to 1842, and it still played I Dream of Genie when it was opened. Okay, that song must be a lot older than I'm thinking.
0: Yeah, it must, must be older than the show, which is what I thought that came from. So,
1: Uh-huh, which was ne- the 1960s. So, right. yeah, uh, the historian re- recommended the music box be placed into a Civil War museum, and the property owner agreed, along with the clothing and jewelry items. The music box resided in the Midwest wing of the museum. Many historians interested in American memorabilia from the Civil War era came to view it and make notes about its unusual design. The top of the music box was rounded and studded with clear gems, which the curator of the museum said were diamonds. The bottom of the box was blue with metal points sticking out. It was quite an unusual design for its time period, which made the historians even more interested in it. According to security footage, on the night of December 4th, 2008, the music box popped open, seemingly of its own accord. The music played, as usual, unexpectedly, Red smoke began to pour out of the music box, soon engulfing the entire room. A shadowy figure having the shape of a clown could be seen in one corner. I'm going to be honest, I didn't think clown was going to show up in this story. It it lost me in the last two sentences. Yeah, I really didn't think we were going with a clown. Do you think this confederate soldier also was into clowning? Something to think about, I guess. A security guard... (laughs) It's just, you know, hold that image in your mind. Sort of confederate clown. A security guard came upon the scene and on the tape can be seen passing out. The shadowy figure stands over him, kneels, and then stands again and walks away. (laughs) He bags
0: him and then runs away. He
1: he clicks the stick in a few times and then fucking BXBs and, you know, (laughs) moonwalks out of the room. Later, after paramedics revived him, The security guard would state that he recalled nothing of the incident.
0: This is another story where someone sat down and said, I'm going to write about something and then did and then got to the end and said, but that's the end of the story. (laughs) But how do I end the story? That's the
1: end of the story. And that's the end of the story. (laughs) I have so many questions. (laughs) I thought this was a multiple page story. No. What do you mean? So now I'm wondering: Is "I Dream of Genie"
0: actually an older song or not? Are you taking it to the Google? Because I would like to know the answer.
1: I'm. I am going to Google this. Um, because I don't understand. On
0: Danny's Halloween episode, we have questions. All right, and we need
1: answers. All right, "I Dream of Genie" song, 1800s. I'm getting nothing. Uh, Genie with the Light Brown Hair is a parlor song from 1854. It's still later. Sure, sure. It has the the name Genie in it. I'm so fucking confused on this one. I'm not gonna... A clown shows up, teabags a guy, and that's it. <laughs> that's it. The whole Confederate angle was completely a ruse, but it not, not a ruse for any particular purpose. Um... Huh. Hmm. <laughs> hmm this is uh,
0: this is the beguiling nature of a story picked by Danny um, I'm also going to read I'm also going to read uh, a very quick one page story uh, called The Doll Master which I'm very excited about yeah please go have you ever heard of The Doll Master? <laughs> <laughs> Have you, Ravziz, heard of the Dollmaster? No, I have not. Well, you probably heard him or his creations without even knowing it.
1: Oh. Oh, Long ago when you were a kid. Ah, that makes sense. I don't remember any of my childhood, so I'll take you on your word.
0: You know those nights when you're lying in bed, unable to sleep? and you know that it's really late because you've already heard your parents go to sleep as well. And without the faint... That was a question. And without (laughs) the faint sound of them talking or watching TV downstairs, you suddenly realize how quiet the house can be? That wasn't a question. Mm -hmm. With nothing else to focus on, you can only listen to the deep, endless silence. A silence that awakens more fear than the loudest growl or the most wicked laughter possibly could.
1: This person lived in new construction, because let me tell you, even when nobody was moving in my house back home, shit was happening. The house was making noises. (laughs) Shit
0: was happening. It was a not Uh, silence. Couldn't be. When I uh, the house I grew up in as a kid was very old and we had like mice and squirrels and stuff in our walls and in our attic fucking all the time.
1: Yeah, there's got to there's got to be some scratching, some creaking, uh, you know always.
0: The faintest sounds, such as your cat jumping down from a cabinet or desk or the wind causing your house to creak, can make your imagination run wild and think of ghosts stalking the hall or a giant monster shaking the house to its foundation. That's when you can hear his creations sing. Now, since you're still alive, I hope, <laughs> and uh-huh. reading this, That means you were the type of kid who gave into this gave into his or her fears and hid under the sheets. Or the type of kid who could shrug it off and continue trying to get some sleep. Or perhaps the type of kid who would seek comfort with his or her parents or older siblings. You have escaped his clutches. Congratulations. But if you know any brave children, any fearless curious children warn them because if they are brave enough they will follow the singing they will follow it to wherever he has made his lair probably in an old attic basement or storage room he prefers dusty old places where adults don't come often this Mm. is because they will find him He will be waiting for them in the furthest corner of whatever place he has made his lair, lurking on the ceiling with his six long spidery legs. But the kid won't see him. The dolls will have captivated it. Such is their power. (laughs) They will sit there, singing and smiling to it, their faces awfully human-like, as if they weren't even made of wood in the first place. Yet... When the child comes closer, they will see the tears running down their cheeks and notice the sadness in the eyes contradicting the smile. By then, the doll master is already above the child, one pair of hands coordinating the undead choir with hardly visible strings. The other pair of thin, skeletal arms extended, its its hands decorated with pitch-black talons reaching towards the child. If the child looks up, all it will see is the wildly, grinning mouth filled with crooked yellow teeth and his pitch-black reflective eyes. A raspy, ghoulish voice will then speak the next words. Now you will sing, too.
1: <laughs> and then he teabags you. You don't remember any of it.
0: And then runs out of the room in a red
1: mess. <laughs>
0: Uh okay all Appar- right apparently that'll happen and you'll have to listen to it uh nothing bad happens after that i know we described him as kind of creepy with skeleton limbs and and towns ta- and shit he's just he's just gonna sing to you they don't they yeah. don't end the story you then just go back to, to your room long. and you go to sleep and you grow up and you you know you do your taxes and you get a 401k just like anyone else
1: yeah this just sounds like a sort of like uh, like a choir director with some physical deformities. I don't feel like we should be, you know, uh, what's he doing in, in your
0: house for one? You know, fair enough.
1: Well, sure, but, fine, 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 whatever. But you know, but he needs a house too, right? And uh, I can't imagine getting alone when you have got six spidery legs and live on the ceiling is very easy. So, uh, fair play to him for. I mean, he sounds like he keeps mostly quiet. You only hear him when the, the house is perfectly quiet. Um. And he's not like eating your food, it seems like does he eat even? (laughs) Who knows?
0: Who knows? Who knows what the diet of the Doll Master is?
1: Can't Uh, be children.
0: (laughs) No, definitely not. No, that doesn't make sense.
1: I wouldn't get I don't get that at all.
0: Not doesn't sound like him to me. I know the guy. (laughs) I I want you to read
1: a small piece of lead a small piece of lead this one's a little bit longer yeah, i'm, I'm gonna, preparing we're finish, myself
0: we're gonna finish with two long ones cool cool cool
1: preparing myself because that first that first short one the the teabagging clown one i was really caught off guard by the fact that
0: <laughs> well i hope i hope this time we have a lot of buildup, and i hope the last page throws all of that buildup away and, I and would still it still has a red mist with a clown that teabags you and <laughs> runs away. So, you know, in my heart of hearts, I'm still, I'm still, uh, I'm still hoping for it. <laughs> You've,
1: and, you said before that there's like a very common, like troll, like joke uh, ending to stories where like, there's just a skeleton in a closet, right? Correct. I do think it would be infinitely better if it always ended with a uh, A clown clown bags (laughs) you and then then runs runs away. away. Yeah. Um, Okay. A small piece of lead. It opens with a quote. A million years later, I feel like apologizing for the human race. That's all I can say. Kurt Vonnegut. It was such a small thing, insignificant in the grand scheme of it all. It was hardly worth any focus or attention. Enough about me, though. The bullet was... Okay.
0: <laughs> Enough... A great
1: Ooh. Enough about me, though. The bullet was small, too. In a different sense, I guess. What, in the real sense? In the actual sense of being... In the small? actual sense. Yeah. Yeah. To be honest, I didn't even feel it when it first tore through my chest. The first thing I noticed was the damage it had done to my book. I had been walking down the street reading the last few pages of Dead Eye Dick. It was just at the part about Will Fairchild's parachute, or lack thereof, when it happened. I'm going to say it. This person assumes I know way more about the book Dead Eye Dick than I actually do. I, I was no walking idea. down the street reading I Like <laughs> Dick. <laughs> <laughs> there was a loud bang! But before I could even register the sound, the pages of the book I'd been reading exploded outward and spilled onto the street. Not oh, What the fuck did he get shot with? The fucking burp? Barrett yeah, 50 cal, 12 gauge shotgun. <laughs> Jesus Christ! People scattered, but I was too busy reaching for the pages before the wind could steal them away from me. I sank to my knees and reached for the papers, but for some reason, for some reason, I couldn't breathe. At first, I thought it was a car backfiring, but when I looked up, I saw the gun withdrawing into the SUV that was speeding away. It wasn't until I looked down and saw the hole in my chest that I connected all the dots.
0: I want you to read I, this next line as, as dramatically and as intense as you possibly can. I had been
1: shot! <laughs> Thank you. The, <laughs> the last thought that went through my head was, the book, how did it end? I'll never figure as out as the end the of Dead Eye Dick. <laughs> no, no. As far as last thoughts go, it was a bit lackluster. I hadn't really thought profoundly on what my last thought should have been, but I was hoping for something a little more poignant to come forward in that moment. I collapsed onto my face and was dead within seconds. So it goes. Oh, this guy's a big Vonnegut fan, huh? My story should have ended there, out on the pavement with blood spilling out of me, but it didn't. You could call it unresolved issues binding me to this mortal coil, but I think it was really just interest. I wanted to see what happened next. I chose to follow the path of Leon Trotsky-Trout and watch the world continue on without me. I died there, but I didn't stop existing. I watched as police cordoned off the area with tape and tried to discourage rubberneckers. It didn't work. The sidewalk was soon crowded with people trying to see over the shoulders of the police that were on the scene. The police tried to get witness statements, but nobody had anything noteworthy to say. They saw a black car speeding off, and that was it. So according to this guy, um, you become a ghost not from the sort of like unresolved trauma or any of that, but just because you want to hang out. Yeah, that, there's got to be an un like the amount of autistic ghosts <laughs> must be sky high. I'm just gonna just... watch TV. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't learned every train that exists yet. Dragon so Ball Z reruns are on at <laughs> three thirty. Oh, my God. My city's skyline game isn't quite done yet, so I am going to stick Mm -hmm. around as a ghost for a while. Mm -hmm. Uh, The weight of it all slammed down on me like 1,000 bricks. I was dead. I lingered there for a few hours, trying to make sense of it all, but I couldn't piece it together. How did this happen? How could this happen? I had so much I wanted to do, so much I needed to do. I had a family. I broke down only a few feet away from my body. It was then, while I was crying, that I shifted. One moment, I was lying in the street, curled up in the fetal position. The next moment, I was in my house. I don't know how much time had passed. I assumed a couple of days, judging by the house's appearance. It looked disheveled. Dust had begun to form, and the counters were cluttered. I began to look for my parents, wondering if there was some way I could communicate with them. I spent a few weeks with them. I kept hoping that they would come to some form of acceptance about my death, or at least move on. They didn't. I screamed at them, I begged for them to hear me, supplicated the god for some reprieve. Nothing. I could only watch them as they attempted to cope with the loss of their only son. My dad, who was such a quiet man, was now belligerent. The smallest things seemed to set him off. A call during dinner, stupid plot twists on a television show, even something as small as stubbing his toe on the coffee table resulted in a violent outbreak. He shouted, spat, swore. He was so angry at everything, at the world, at himself. There was nothing left of him except a seething mass of anger at the injustice of the world. My mom was even worse. It was as if the bullet that had torn through my chest had pierced her heart as well. Poetic. She moved around the house with sunken eyes that were bloodshot, afraid to set off my dad. She tried to keep herself together around them, but it was obvious to both of them that she was nowhere near okay. She cried and spent most of her free time in my room, curled up on my bed and weeping. My room had become a shrine with my mother being the only supplicant. Nothing in my room was touched. Nothing was moved. She spent hours crying into my bedspread when she knew my dad was out. It served as a monument to to her all-encompassing sadness. I tried so hard to make my words reach her, but they were as insubstantial as the wind. I wanted to tear my room apart, hurl my Vonnegut books against the wall. Anything to ease some of my frustration, but there was nothing I could do. There was nothing I could do. It was nothing. I left them a few days later. I couldn't stand to be in that mausoleum any longer. I couldn't stand to see my father spend another day consumed by his rage at the injustice of the world, or another night of my mother crying herself to sleep, curled up with a toy I used to play with. I couldn't bear another second with them as they spiraled into depression. Call me weak if you want, but my only option was to run. I couldn't help them, and I had no intention of seeing them self-destruct. It was then that I made up my mind about what I needed to do. I could visit my friends, but chances were good that it would only make me more depressed. I could visit the girls I had a crush on and never told, but I mean, what would be the point of that? I had to find him. I had to find the man who shot me from that black SUV and left my parents emotionally crippled. At the time, I didn't know what my intentions were. But now I think I knew what I wanted to happen all along. I wanted justice. I wanted retribution. He didn't know that at first. He didn't. He This this is crazy. It's a little
0: meandering,
1: but I'll give it it to him. I just think spending weeks like hanging around the parents' house before even thinking of trying to find your killer is wild. Uh, I would try to kill that man immediately. It didn't take too long to find him. I don't know if it was some bond we shared or just dumb luck. I'm Amused to myself that Vonnegut must have been right when he proposed the bo- uh, Bocanist idea of a carass in his book, Cat's Cradle. This man and I were intrinsically linked. As soon as I saw him, I knew that I would be with him until the day he died. He looked nothing like I imagined. If anything, he was younger than I was. He looked like he wasn't a day over 16. He even had acne, for God's sake. He was thin and lived in an apartment complex with his mother. She was a single mom, and so she spent most of her time at work, giving him free reign of their tiny apartment. He spent most of his time in his room listening to rap. I spent most of the day watching him in confusion. How could this teenager have killed me? For what reasons did he have to pull the trigger? I, okay. Stopping very briefly, I feel like the story is going to go in a way that I'm not going to like <laughs> immediately. And and what what brings you to that conclusion? Uh, I'm getting big. Uh, this character is a nerd vibes, and he is now found his killer, who is listening to rap, which is confusing him. So th- these, I you know, it feels it feels vaguely racially tinged. I don't know if he's going to go in that direction with it, but it kind of feels. I spent my first week there following him everywhere and watching him, waiting to see some form of remorse or regret for his actions. He gave no indication that my death had impacted him in any way. He hung out with his friends who looked like a bunch of suburban teenagers playing at being gangsters. Okay, I feel, I'm i feeling a little bit vindicated. There was one interaction that's been burned into my memory. He had a friend over, uh, and they were both in his room, crowded around his window, taking turns passing a joint back and forth. With each inhalation, both erupted in a flurry of coughs, betraying their obvious attempts to mask their inexperience. When they were both sufficiently stoned, his friend started the, started in on him about the drive-by. How did it feel to pull the trigger? <laughs> Come on! <laughs> Come on, N-word. A statement made awkward, considering that they were both lily-white. It was just a twitch of the finger, nothing more. But you could get caught. I mean, you killed... My murderer interrupted. Cops ain't gonna do shit. Just another drive-by. Just another typical Sunday. As for the punk I capped, his dumbass was in the wrong place at the wrong time. It was all part of initiation, right? Now the others will know we're serious. That was the end of it. Oh. Do you like my instincts? They're so I feel like they're so on point. (laughs) (laughs) I can't
0: help but agree with you, but I did. I did get a little bit ahead of you and I saw that point coming and I was just like, God damn, he's going to hes gonna feel justified. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I scrolled to the next page and saw, I saw the N-word and I was like, well, okay. That I'm was actually back. the
0: first thing I saw as well.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so. Kind of sticks out on the page. All right, that was the end of it. They tried their best to air the pot smell out of the room, but the words he spoke hung around me like a malicious miasma. His words echoed around in my brain, beating and tearing into me. I made myself a promise as I stood watching them joke and laugh, I would return the favor.
0: See, now this is actually kind of cool, though, the whole I'm going to poltergeist these kids. If that's where it goes, I
1: might be into it. I would drill my words into him like a bullet through his chest. Every night, as he lay in bed, I glided up to his sleeping form. I bent down and whispered in his ear. I whispered of the horrible fate that awaited him. I murmured by murderous machinations to him throughout the night. I intimated my intentions of what I was going to do to him once he died and entered my plane of existence. I was going to tear him apart limb from limb and piece by piece. I was going to turn his afterlife into hell because I couldn't impact him in this life.
0: All right. Well, that's sad.
1: Yeah. I whispered throughout the night to his sleeping form, much like my previous attempts at communication, it failed. He gave no indication of having heard me, but that didn't stop me from doing it. It was a cruel compulsion. It gave me a reason to exist. I spent the day haunting him and thinking of wretched words to whisper to him at night. The change was almost imperceptible at first. I'd been whispering his sins in his ears for a week now, and was just about to give up and resign myself to my fate when it happened. On the eighth night, my killer rolled over in his sleep, and I heard the faintest sound. It sounded like a whimper, some pained response to my tireless labors. That one action, that small sound, caused me to redouble my effort. Was I able to reach him somehow? I had managed to intimate a message to someone. I was ecstatic. Maybe with time I could learn to control this gift. I had to keep talking to him. I had to keep tormenting him. The thought never crossed my mind to return to my parents, and attempt to form some sort of reconciliation or help them move on. I was too busy with the man who'd put me in this position. I think that's my greatest regret in all of this. I had an opportunity to try to help my parents move on, but instead I chose to torment my killer. As time went on, he began to fully, he began to sleep more fitfully. He would toss and turn as my words echoed unheard into his ears. He began eating less and less. He would pick at his food enough to trick his mother into believing that he was eating. He began to grow thin. Still, I whispered my midnight maledictions to him. This guy has got to chill with he's, the alliteration. He's
0: looking at he a thesaurus and he's needs saying,
1: what to next? Calm down with the alliteration. He stopped hanging out with his wannabe gangster friends. He became withdrawn and stopped speaking to people as he grew more and more morose. Still, I whispered my curses and invectives. He would sneak off at times during the day, wiping away tears. At night, he would break down crying into his pillow in an attempt to smother the sound. Still, I whispered. He wasn't the only one that was beginning to crumble away. My metamorphosis began as something almost imperceptible. You, okay. It started with my skin beginning to crack. Tiny fissures spread along my flesh, revealing decaying tissue underneath. My skin turned mottled and gray. Couldn't see my entire body, but I was certain that if I could, it be similar to that of a moldering corpse. I reasoned that it was an effect of my body decomposing. My ghostly form was still linked to my body in some way. And so as it rotted, so did my current form. I wondered what would happen to me if enough time passed? Would I be reduced to mummified remains or would the worms pick me apart, leaving me a skeleton? <laughs> Either way it didn't matter to me. I was too busy tormenting him. I wouldn't stop, couldn't stop. I continued my malevolent midnight mantras to him for two God more weeks before the end came. I had started, I like, cause I don't think he's joking. I think he thinks it's no. like really cool he's that he's being, doing the alliteration. He's being very Vincent Price dramatic. It's, uh, it's something. It's fun to say. I continued my malevolent midnight mantras to him for two more weeks before the end came. I had started whispering to him at all hours of the day by then. He hadn't left his room at all that weekend. He just sat in darkness, as I told him my hatred of him and how it would be better if he died. Upon uttering those words, the floodgates shattered. <laughs> my words couldn't reach him, but maybe my sentiments did. I mean, it feels like your words reached him, man. I don't know.
0: He I up it's from his it's bed. just the fact that he's he's like willing this into existence. Yeah, you know? it's it's the energy aspect. They say that, like, uh, Spirits, you know, you watch any Ghost Hunter type show, they, they always say they describe it as an energy, like a feeling. Sure. You know, so that's that's what I'm thinking. Like the talking might might be more for him.
1: Yeah. You I know, mean, get, uh, getting
0: himself worked up in
1: this, I can, in this space. I can buy that. He shot up from his bed as if galvanized and began tearing down posters, throwing his stuff around the room and venting his emotions. His mom heard the commotion and began knocking on the door. He ran across the room and locked the door before she could open it. She asked him what was wrong, and that was when he began his confession. The words spilled out of him like blood from a bullet hole. He wept. I I killed him. I, did, I didn't mean to. They said I had to do something to prove I wanted into the gang, that I would be willing to do anything for them. I thought if I pulled the trigger but missed him, he would be good enough. But it was an accident. I swear I didn't mean to shoot him. I didn't. Oh God, I I, I almost, I could almost hear the gears in her brain turning to try to connect the dots. (laughs) It only took a few seconds before there was a loud thud on the other side of the door as she collapsed under the weight of his revelation, her breath stolen away from him. He began tearing apart his closet, looking for something. He found it and returned to the bed, cradling the object like it was a precious gift. The gun looked heavy in his grip, almost comically large in his small hands. He sat down and thumbed the safety off. I was surprised he could even manage that through his tears. He turned the gun back and forth in his hands, as if trying to figure something out. He must have reached a conclusion because he took a deep breath, wiped away his tears, and spoke. I'm sorry, Mom. A quote from Cat's Cradle reverberated through my mind upon hearing those words. Now I will destroy the whole world. Dude, this guy. This guy's special interest is Kurt Vonnegut. I'm. In the I'm. Story. I. I really.
0: I want. I want to say something, but I'm gonna wait until the very end.
1: Okay. 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 Was this what I wanted? He turned the barrel towards himself and raised it to his head. He wrapped his lips around the cold steel. St- no, nope. he wrapped his lips around the cold steel, and I could hear his teeth chattering and clicking against the barrel. The sound of the hammer being fanned back brought everything into a twisted and sobering light. He was going to kill himself. I should have felt happy, but all I felt was sickness in my stomach. I felt like there was something lodged in my throat, but no amount of swallowing could dislodge it. I didn't want to see this. I didn't want to know that I had caused all of this. I turned to leave, but there was something in my way. It stood in front of the door and blocked off my retreat. The being was hard to describe. The the best explanation I could give was a it was staticky and blurry. I couldn't make out a definite form, but it seemed vaguely humanoid in appearance. The air around it shimmered like I was looking at hot asphalt on a Desert Road. I didn't have much time to examine it as it, spoke, as it spoke as soon as it was sure I had seen it. It's too late to turn away now. Watch what happens next, knowing that there is little to no difference. Between him pulling the trigger and you, I am am the subtext. Let me tell you what is happening in the story.
0: Jesus, man. Even even death is just a (laughs) con.
1: I felt myself being turned towards the boy on the bed. I didn't see the entity move, but I felt it exerting its influence over me. Couldn't turn away. I watched as he struggled to breathe around the gun in his mouth. His mother's wailing drowned out his whimpering. He closed his eyes, and I knew what was coming next. I couldn't turn away. I couldn't shut my eyes. He squeezed the trigger. I stood over his body. He was pitched back over the bed. There was a small dribble of blood coming from the wound. He twitched spasmodically as the last little spark of his life he had in him was extinguished. I heard his mother ramming the door in an attempt to break through and reach him. It was too late for him. He was gone. It was too late for me as well. The staticky figure approached me, and I knew that my time here was almost done. I just had one last question I wanted to ask. How did it end? I meant the book Dead Eye Dick. After all this time, I still wanted to know. (laughs) The Transparent being shifted, and although I couldn't see its face, I knew that it was smiling. It told me how it ended, and I wept bitter tears. I told the thing that I was ready. His form shifted with what I assumed was a nod. I was ready to leave this world. I felt myself floating up, and I let myself be taken. I sank into myself and began to weep again. I thought I wanted revenge, but this all felt wrong. I had just taken his life, just like he had taken mine. The only difference between us was intention. He hadn't meant to kill me. I only wanted, and I had wanted to kill him. The being tried to carry me, but it wasn't long before I felt myself sinking through its embrace. My soul was far too heavy to be carried. I wish I could say that the years passed by in the blink of an eye, but that wouldn't be the truth. They dragged by slowly. I suffered under each crawling hour. I filled the first few years watching my parents, unable to do anything as they self-destructed. I thought the news of my killer's confession would bring some form of solace to them, but it didn't. If anything, it only made matters worse. Hmm. My father began drinking himself into oblivion. He would stay out all, all hours of the night and wouldn't return home until he could barely walk. Sometimes he would pick a fight at the bar and attempt to forget about what happened to me. It never worked. His last moments were actually in the alley behind a bar four years after my death, hmm. picked a fight with a kid who he unjustly blamed for his shortcomings. The man laid him out in the alley with a single punch and left him there. As he was faced first on the concrete, he drowned in his own sick. My mother's end was no better. The news of my father's death was too much for her. She survived a few months after his death, but her heart wasn't in it. She swallowed a bottle of pain medication left over from an old surgery. She spent her last moments on my bed, waiting to overdose with an old sweater I used to wear across her lap. As the end approached, she reached out as if she could see me standing a few feet away from her. She couldn't. If she did, she would have cried out in terror. I had deteriorated so much by that point that I wasn't even recognizable. My stomach had become tumescent. My flesh began weeping, a milky substance. My eyes had completely withered in my head, but I could still see. My skin has become leathery and cracked, but I can still feel. The worst part of it all is that I know I'm stuck here. The afterlife has been barred to me. I'm trapped here, left to watch the world that I no longer care about. It took me a few more years to figure it out. By this time, all my friends had passed away, and I had nothing to occupy my time except my thoughts. I finally figured out why I look this way. It had nothing to do with my corpse. My appearance was directly impacted by my interaction with the boy who killed me. It wasn't due to my body decomposing, it was my soul rotting. And we end with a quote by, you'll never guess. You want to know something? We are still in the Dark Ages. The Dark Ages, they haven't ended yet. Kurt Vonnegut. Parentheses, last line of Dead Eye Dick. Okay. (laughs) Okay. You know what? Of all the stories thus far, this is the most competently constructed uh, and was only at times uh, incredibly ham-fisted.
0: It's it's trying because it is heavy-handed in everything that it does. It's Mm -hmm. heavy-handed in how it's written. It's heavy-handed in the story it's telling. It's handy-handed in in the dramatic movement it is that it is as heavy handed as a soap opera, which is why approximately halfway through, I was surprised when you weren't doing a Tommy Wiseau voice
1: for <laughs> for Goodbye, Cruel World. <laughs> yeah, I was tempted. I was tempted, Lisa, but I so why, Lisa? <laughs> I think because of the because of the non-story nature of so many of the no, stories you that's read fair. today, yeah. The fact that I read the first paragraph of this and was like, "Oh, this person has written a narrative story before." I was like, "I'll I'll do with the voice for."
0: Um, we're gonna finish out the episode. I'm gonna read one last long, longer story here. Uh, I'm gonna read the painting, which this has been what? a full creepy pasta episode, <clears throat> mind you. We've we've read creepy pasta after creepy pasta. And I n- did not expect that to happen tonight. I really didn't. There's, there's so little creepypasta that I have left in this entire fucking catalog of stories that we might have just, like, taken out half of what I had left. Um, <laughs> maybe even all of it. Maybe even more. But who, who knows? Um, this has been a Creepypasta Halloween more specifically Danny's pasta Halloween so again cheers to Danny Um I'm gonna finish off with The painting When I was seven years Old my ten year old brother Jamie was Kidnapped or so they say No what do they say oh, yeah. was, was he kidnapped Or did he just walk <laughs> off The police claimed whoever had Taken him was professional In doing so Um Okay. Huh. They were a professional kidnapper. Okay.
1: So they they were paid. I don't
0: I don't know that if they they just mean that they were skillful. Yeah. Covered their tracks.
1: Some real pros.
0: That I had been incredibly lucky to have not been taken as well. They described the kidnapper in this way because no fingerprints were ever found on any of the furniture. My brother had never made a sound at the time, and most importantly, there was no sign of a break in at all. None of the windows had been broken. The doors weren't busted. Nothing. Which is why I think uh, the, the so they say because uh this sounds to me that the brother just fucking left. <laughs> yeah. yeah
1: <I laughs> that's a professional. Running.
0: That's a professional movement right there just deciding to get up and
1: fucking leave. Yeah. Did, he, did the kid run away, or was he taken by actual ninjas? We're thinking ninjas.
0: <laughs> we're, we're leaning towards <laughs> Razal al <Ghul's> Shadow Assassins. <laughs> Several days before his disappearance, my father found a painting while rummaging around in the attic. He had been trying to find his old bass guitar after I had asked him if he played any instruments. Turns out he used to play in a band with some friends, and he was pretty decent. His player... Uh, His group was called Serrated Edge.
1: Awesome name.
0: Unfortunately, after an hour of searching for the guitar, which was never found, he found the painting. It had been placed against a wall surrounded by boxes. My father had noticed the golden frame glinting as he walked around. Mm -hmm. The painting itself was magnificent when he lowered it down. It seemed to be in good condition despite being in the attic for so long. There was a house in the picture, large gray house surrounded by grass. In the background, a cliff could be seen, and then a sudden drop, which evened out to an ocean. It stretched on into the distance. Some birds could be seen, up above, circling the house. On the back were scrawled some words in red ink that read, Gadell I Bin I Hun, which my mother recognized as Welsh. And I fucking botched. So good, good luck uh, with my yeah. audio translation of what I just said. Uh, but we didn't know at the time what it meant, or you know what language it was. My brother and I weren't very ecstatic about having it as a new house de- decoration, but my father loved its simplicity. He decided to put it up in our bedroom. I don't. I, I've never. I don't think I've said this on an episode with you But I've said this on other episodes of the show I read a story, I'm gonna say it was Episode 44 About a painting that just Ruins a man's life And Uh how I loved that Fucking story And that when I was editing it at like 3 o'clock in the morning In my bedroom alone In a house that I was watching Um, I actually got Spooked listening to it So I don't I don't notably do good with paintings. Dorian Gray fucked me up. So I'll just say uh, this is already I'm already enjoying this for the most uh, you know peculiar of reasons. Okay. That night we had dinner as usual, spaghetti I believe. Then my brother and I went upstairs for bed. We both shared the same room. We were slightly afraid of the dark, so our door was left ajar most days, letting some of the light in. After getting changed into our pajamas and. Joking around for a bit We both settled down to sleep It was around 2am when I awoke I realized I was hot, sweaty Pulled myself into a sitting position Jamie was in his own bed To my left, sleeping soundly My throat was parched So I figured I'd get a drink of water I pulled myself out of bed sheets And left the room as quietly as possible Creaking the door open Slowly I crept down the hall Conscious that the floorboards creaked The last thing I wanted to do was wake everyone up I headed to the bathroom when I returned, I was refreshed ah, and pulled myself back into bed. I pretty much stood my head under the tap and lapped up water like a cat cupping it into my hands and splashing my face. As I pulled myself back into bed, I noticed something odd about the painting on the wall. There seemed to be a black smudge to the right of the house, something I had not noticed earlier. Curiously, I pulled myself back to my feet and approached the painting, as I couldn't quite make it out properly in the dark On closer inspection, I gathered that the smudge was some sort of man, and it resembled a human, but was completely black It looked like it was standing stationary, looking outwards, its head was cocked ever so slightly to one side I considered waking Jamie to show him the mysterious figure, but decided he'd be cranky if I did, so I waited until morning I retreated to my bed When morning arrived, the figure was gone to my dismay I told Jamie about it, but he didn't seem to believe me And for the rest of the day, I watched the painting suspiciously, believing that it may appear again at any moment It didn't As a spoiler for the story that I read before um, in that story as well it's a, it's a story about a painting of a hallway In a hotel um, okay. It has five doors And one day this dude looks back at it And it has a sixth door And he's wondering What's going on As he looks away and looks back at it A man Slowly starts to come out of the door And look down the hallway And every time he looks away and looks back at it The man is closer Sure you know um, that's that's the story in its in its essence but they they describe the man as shrouded in black so naturally that's of course what carries over in this story as well I'm not saying that this story aped the shit out of that other story this is what he's saying. He's I am him. saying that that is the context <laughs> here but I'm hoping it doesn't because that story is better at what it does. As my brother and I were climbing back into bed that night, I had forgotten about the figure. That is, until the same thing happened again. Just as before, I woke in the early hours of the morning, soaked in sweat, and this time I anticipated the figure's arrival, glanced at the painting straight away. I felt a twinge of fear. The smudge was there again, but it had moved, and it doubled in size. It has adopted a new position right in front of the house, a few meters away from the front door. Instead of going... Over for a closer inspection. I forced myself to go back to sleep Hoping with every fiber of my being that I was dreaming and that night I fell asleep shaking in fear The next day was uneventful. I avoided the painting for the most part spending time in the living room downstairs watching TV I mentioned about the dark figure to my parents that day and of course they didn't believe me You were just dreaming Harry. That's all they told me This was the last day I ever spent with my brother That night I had awoken at the similar time again, around 2 AM. I can't remember exactly what time. 2 AM. I just said it with dread and fear churning in my stomach. I reluctantly glanced at the painting and it was completely black. I remember physically shaking in terror, believing that if I made the slightest noise, I would trigger something. And slowly I pulled myself out from under the bed sheets. I crept over to the bedroom door and then ran over to the bathroom. The floorboards creaking as I went. I locked myself inside. I figured I'd stay here until morning, and then asked my father to put the painting back in the attic the next day. There was obviously something wrong with it. I just didn't know what. Uh, the other story that I am cutting away to about mentioning every single time, that same exact thing happens. Hmm. Mm. <laughs> what happened next will stay with me for as long as I live! After several minutes of waiting in the bathroom, I heard the floorboards creak in the hall outside. At first, I had thought my brother had woken up, disturbed by my footsteps running down the hall. The creaking was approaching the bathroom and stopped just outside the door. Jamie, I whispered. No response. I knew someone was standing right on the other side of the door. I just couldn't figure out what they were trying to do. Did they need to use the bathroom? mom i said to this i heard a scratching sound on the other side of the door as if someone was dragging their fingers across i backed away terrified and after a moment whoever it was walked away their footsteps creaking their way toward my room the next day i awoke in the bathtub to the sound of banging it was my father he was thumping the door with his fist harry jamie are you in there he snapped I answered it slowly, stiff from lying in such an uncomfortable position, apparently this morning when my parents had awoken they had found our room empty. My mom went downstairs to find us and my dad looked around upstairs. Is your brother in there with you? He had asked when I opened the door, and I shook my head but he didn't believe me. He pushed past, searching the room. It was only another half hour of searching that my parents began to panic. The police were called around. Everyone was convinced someone had broken into the house and taken him in the night. The police believed I had locked myself in the bathroom to hide from the kidnapper out of fear, and they questioned me relentlessly about whether I had seen his face. I couldn't answer. There was something else. On the outside of the bathroom door, there were three deep gauges, diagonal, top left to bottom right, The police believed they were caused by a knife, repeatedly dragging across its surface. They claimed the kidnapper had been trying to get me as well, but had thankfully given in. Our house was closed off for several days and we were provided with a hotel while the police searched for fingerprints or any sign of breaking and entering. As I said at the start, they found nothing. When we finally returned to our home, my parents were a teary mess. They moped around slowly, answering my questions with one-word answers. I knew anything I said about the painting at this point was useless. No one ever seems to listen to children in times of need, and they continue to act like this for a half a year. It was a horrible time. It was a jolly holiday. (laughs) Returning to my bedroom after everything that had happened was horrible. I remember crying when I saw my brother's empty bed, his toys that were still scattered across the floor. Toys he may never be able to play with again. Before I turned to leave the room I glanced at the painting one final time And I noticed something peculiar There was no dark figure But there was something strange In one of the house windows Curiously I approached and looked closer It was a face A little boy And from what I could tell He looked the spinning image of my brother His face was contorted Into one of terror And he had tears streaming down his face His hands were both pressed up against the glass. Several months later, the police gave up the search. His funeral was held on April the 12th, to this date, the saddest day of my life. After that, all we could do was get on with our lives. I showed my parents the painting, but they shouted at me and stashed it back in the attic. They thought the boy had been in the painting all along and that I was simply imagining the resemblance yes because we thought bringing the painting of a screaming boy in a lonely house next to a cliff would be really good to put up in the (laughs) the boy's bedroom because I like its simplicitaire I'm 38 years old now time jump and have a place of my own when I eventually left my old home I made sure to take the painting with me for I, am the, for I am the only one who <laughs> truly knows what happened to my brother. Ooh, the puzzler
1: coming back out.
0: The dark shape I saw all those years ago was some kind of entity. Something evil that intended to trap us both in the painting for an eternity. It succeeded with my brother, but I would locked myself in the bathroom. So had been saved.
1: Damn, he can traverse fucking like the plane of different universes, but cannot go through a locked door. <laughs> lucky, L- lucky for him. <laughs> uh, This is
0: the the twist here is that it wasn't locked. the the kids didn't uh, The kids didn't lock the door. It's just uh, the entity does not know how to use doorknobs. Never used the door. Uh, you Never know what? it's a painting. It doesn't know how to use the door.
1: Looks like a wall to hit, you know, if I had never seen the door That's before. That's why just I just kind would...
0: of scratched on it like a cat. Like I push? Keep, <laughs> I yeah. Keep, <laughs> I keep the painting in the attic now, in case one day I might be able to free him. I can't lose hope like my parents did. After searching, I found out that the words on the back of the painting, "Gadel Ai Iy Ben Ai had been a warning. It translates to English as leave alone. Sometimes in the dead of night, I'll hear a thumping sound coming from up there, footsteps roaming around the attic. I'll always shout my brother's name and in, in hope he may have finally been let out. I never get a response. While there is idea. a picture of a sad child, it is unrelated to the story itself. And I'm gonna say our our episode ended with uh, mm. the creepiest of the bunch, but it's only creepy because it's uh, I am ninety-five percent sure it has aped uh, the painting of a hallway. <laughs> I I am almost I would I would hate to think that the painting of a hallway aped uh, previously written shorter, creepy pasta. So I'm just I'm just gonna give all of the uh, the points to painting of a hallway because. Uh...
1: I mean, maybe they maybe they read this and were like, I can write a, a good version of this. Because this, this isn't bad. It's Not to say that it's best. bad,
0: but it, it had, it, it had its it had its issues, but you know yeah. it it does all of the things you expect. when it says that the painting is there
1: um the i do feel like you were underselling how funny the final image here is and i know this is obviously not a not a visual medium but this but this crying child reminds me of something that you would somehow and i i know this isn't something that would actually happen but it feels like something you'd see in a doctor's office it's just (laughs) like such a goofy image of a kid that doesn't even really look particularly sad except for the fact that there are tears running down his face he also appears to maybe be like a boy scout or something it
0: strikes me as what would be on like uh like an oatmeal box yes it's like it's like enjoy oatmeal and the kid's just like i don't fucking want oatmeal
1: and he's wearing like a like a fucking like a smoking jacket, he's wearing like a fucking like, like luxurious robe. The most luxurious of robes. And he's got this sort of like fancy boy haircut. Um, I, I don't know. I just think it's a very funny image.
0: <laughs> well, I'm glad I'm glad that the, the punchline to that story for you was look at this silly child. I look at this
1: silly little guy. You know what? Um. Yeah, you know, maybe maybe he should live in the painting with a weird dark, dark man. Who knows? Maybe he's having a good time in there.
0: Let me let me ask you, Ramses, out of out of all of the creepy pastas today, which one was your favorite and for what reason?
1: Uh got to be the music box, because the image of a <laughs> clown <laughs> erupting from mist teabagging you while you don't know what's going on and then leaving is <laughs> is incredibly funny to me.
0: You so here, here's where I'll say my mind goes when I read that there it's, it's almost funny because, um, last, I want to say last year, I don't think it was two years ago. Has it really already been two years? Um, I believe last year at Halloween horror nights, they had an anniversary house for one of their icons, um, which mm-hmm. is Jack the clown, you know, just a stereotypical creepy looking clown. Um, okay. The lighting naturally at Halloween Horror Nights is mostly red spotlights. And there is a lot of mist and fog around the place. It would not be unlike Jack the Clown's behavior to pop out of the mist and teabag you and then fuck off (laughs) completely. (laughs) So in my head, in my head, the person who wrote the music box Started off by trying to tell a story about some Civil War item and ended at Halloween Horror Nights.
1: So it definitely was two stories. They started (laughs) to tell one story and then forgot. Forgot. (laughs) And it's one page, so it's really impressive that they made it. (laughs)
0: They forgot so quickly. It was (laughs) it was the start of a creative writing assignment that they very quickly in the middle of the story just decided that they didn't want to do it anymore. Mm-hmm. And uh and basically did the the skeleton the, the skeleton popped out that that <laughs> you had mentioned.
1: Absolutely. I think the real horror, I mean like maybe it's a genius piece of writing, and the real horror is the sort of like obvious cognitive decline of the author as he wrote is this single page. <laughs> <laughs> Um, who knows I wish um, I could say
0: the same thing uh, the, mus- <laughs> the music box the music box gets me it really d- it really does and I wish I I wish I could say that I liked Dollmaster as much as I as I liked as you liked music box but for me it's still turn turn me on dead man
1: turn me on dead man for me it's still turn me on not dead a story it's not a story because,
0: because turn me on dead man for this episode set the fucking pace yeah it 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 for reasons it doesn't deserve <laughs> it, for reasons it doesn't deserve it became the perfect story to read on this episode because it doesn't make any fucking sense
1: it is. It is just. Some even, we've even
0: proven that when you analyze what they're saying, it still isn't the case. I would say Pass It On is like a close second because it does the same exact fucking thing.
1: Oh yeah, but, absolutely. But Turn Me yeah, On, man.
0: Dead Man is so specific that I actually, the more I think about it, I actually think you might be right. I think someone might be pulling a Ramses Vanderslice. I think someone might actually be taking, taking a concept of a conspiracy theory video and writing their own shitty one on purpose. And I know know you said it earlier and I, and I poo pooed it. Well, there's no more, but the more I'm thinking about it, the more I'm like, that was too succinct. And too stupid. For it to not be. But at the same time, you'd be There's really no sur- clear punchline. you'd line, be really right? sur- like, no, the punchline is no, 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 no. There is a punchline. There is 100% a 100 percent a punchline. The punchline is them just ending it and saying, look at the lyrics to come together.
1: Sure. Yeah. No. And that is that. Is that, is that, is punch punch line. Line? that is the punchline.
0: That is the punchline because the lyrics don't make any fucking sense. They are that like you said, they are famously just words.
1: Just nonsense. Sure. Like sure. like that someone is
0: that is, it is them getting high and just talking, just coming up f- with words that sound cool next to each other. That is that is the song come together.
1: Yeah, they're, I want to believe people that, that too. they're seeing
0: on a street and they're just saying, what do you call that guy? Yeah, that's That guy's the purple that that guy's the purple parakeet. That guy. Yeah. Look at him go. That's that's what that's what come together is. So we're in
1: jeans. He must dig graves for a living. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I know this one.
0: Oh. At the very same time, though, I'm going to refute myself and say uh, people can be very, very, very fucking stupid. And I think someone, it's serious. I, someone I could think, have written that seriously.
1: I think "Turn Me On, Dead Man." Uh, me On, Dead Man" is is 100 sincere. Is which is what I love about it. Just sort of a man rambling.
0: That was uh, absolutely mind blowing to me.
1: <laughs> there are some. There are some people out there. There's this. Not to get. Not to take a huge digression to the very end of the episode, but like there are some people that I've ended up following as a result of digging into conspiracy corners of the internet where like the content they put out is so niche and weird. I once ended up watching this stream of this woman and she was just talking about how she'd been like, you know, uh she's a genetic experiment. She was raised in an underground military base, but the entire time she's telling this, she's just eating a tub of cottage cheese. And that was way more fascinating than me. I watched her eat. An entire tub of cottage cheese over as the she course just of the spouts
0: as she just spouts the the most ungodly word vomit the most yeah. unbelievable shit into the
1: ether so all i'm saying is turn me on dead man that's pretty it's you know it's small potatoes it's pretty, that's pretty, pretty tame that's pretty tame i think i think that person was dead serious which is awesome and not a story i will say one last time Danny, I love you to pieces. That's not a it's just That's not a, a narrative. Well, it's not Danny's <laughs> fault. It's not Danny's. No, it's fault. not. I don't blame Danny. It, no, it's, Danny. It's Creepy
0: fault for taking that as a story. Creepy Pasta <laughs> should and I say should with big uh italic bold letters, right? I say should uh only accept stories, but for some reason there the moderators, like we said, moderation is important. Um the moderators of Creepypasta just said, eh.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> oh, the I fact don't... that I can't the fact that I can't make up my mind on that one is exactly why it's my favorite.
1: <laughs> I'm I'm trying to find the original like creepypasta post. Is was it is it on r slash creepy pasta or is this like is there a site for creepy pasta? No, it's just
0: it it should just be, it should just be creepy like dot com. Uh oh com. Yeah, like a website. Yeah, yeah I, f- I found it. It's the creepypasta wiki.
1: Here. I got, uh, it. I, got, I got it, it, got it, got it. Yeah, I'm looking at it. Um. The top comment, it's hilarious how many people in these comments forget that this is a creepypasta. It's actually not. Of course people forget because this isn't this isn't a creepypasta. Okay, sorry. Anyway. I I, I wanted to see I wanted to see how people responded to this because I just genuinely. uh, This is honestly just goofy. It is not scary. And the lyrics at the end don't seem connected in any way to the story. Uh, Not to mention that I'm pretty sure these lyrics are under copyright. So this person has all the same criticisms that I have, but uh, is still taking it to be a story because they mentioned the copyright thing at the end. So that's really confusing to me that they have (laughs) done all of the things wrong with this, but not really come to the conclusion that we have.
0: Um, I, I highly recommend uh everyone go to this forum and read the comments on the creepypasta wiki for this story because people are having the same conversation we are but worse
1: because of the internet (laughs) way worse and uh, some people are just taking it seriously this theory gave me chills up and down my spine (laughs) there was a lot of thought put into this theory and i oddly enough think that it is possible that what you said had happened okay i'm done that's that's it for me Jesus looking Christ. at that is
0: like looking into the sun. <laughs> I I can't, I can't I can't
1: do it. I can't oh, do man. it. No, God bless him. Everyone. Ramses,
0: how do you feel about today's uh, Halloween special episode? Yeah, I feel great.
1: I think Danny Ween was a smashing success, and I can only hope that next year it will be twice as good.
0: Well, it won't even have to be next year. Now I know what the next episode is going to be. It's going to be those two remaining Danny recommended stories. Awesome. The longer ones. Wonderful. Oh, but this was Danny's Halloween special. So maybe we'll get Danny's New Year's special. You know, maybe maybe we'll record in in January and we'll revisit Danny boy. See how he's doing.
1: I'm just going to track Danny down and make him explain himself on the pod.
0: So that'll be the episode. There was there was a point there where um, there were other people that I was opting to kind of do on episode uh, on episode like interviews with. Oh yeah, but I draw my lines at like you do need to have a, a good audio quality. I can't I can't really do phone quality. Like I'll I'll. I draw some lines at some standards but I think the conversation with Danny never came up because it was it was years ago. Sure. It was years ago. I don't know the last time I've actually talked to him. But um he was a follower earlier on in the show. We definitely reference him a lot earlier. Um it's not that we forgot about you the D- Danny boy. I just think uh y- you probably aren't listening to the show anymore, but I'm 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 glad that you live on in this capacity because he just, he was like, Oh, I love your, I love your guys show. You guys read stories so well. You should read this. And he would just send us stuff. He would just be like, you should try reading this one one day. Like I found this one interesting. I love this, that. this one was, and I'll, I'll listen to whatever people have to say. Hey, you're our fucking audience. You know, tell me what you want to hear. If anything, I'll, I'll, i'll take a look you know um so i never vet anything i never vet anything which is probably how we ended up reading uh my it, immortal. it works
1: it works awesome we I read mean, like, my immortal so well. which
0: is the harry oh. potter uh erotic fan fiction so God, it's I, like,
1: lo- I love that story
0: it's it is fantastic um it's just you know, not what I wanted to read on the show. And once I got into it and realized what it was, I I had to dedicate to it at that point. Sure. Um, but this is this is what happens when we don't vet our material, we get something hilarious and and intriguing all in one go. And then we decide to dedicate an entire episode with it. Uh completely completely derailing our original idea for tonight, which was doing a creepypasta versus no sleep episode. So this was, this was funny that we did this live that you, that you were willing to deviate with me. I'm absolutely willing
1: to commit to something, especially if I think it's going to be goofy. So I'm all over it.
0: You, you and my buddy Django need to fucking do an episode together at some point because He has the same exact idea about this show that that you do. And I make him read the most. Probably the most uninteresting stuff to him, because I make him read like good stories and he's Uh just like. He's like, no, like, I want to read the short, stupid ones that don't make any sense. And <laughs> someone just put pen to paper and said, uh-huh.
1: <laughs> and that's the best I just love. I mean, I've talked about it every single episode. I will always mention it like bad art does something for me that nothing else in the world does. Bad writing is so fun. I love to see someone just try and, and mangle the English language uh, (laughs) and just completely can completely fuck things up in ways I've never seen them fucked up. That's fun to me. Uh, And so whenever I come across that, so good. I,
0: I'm also gonna tell Django to listen to your episodes because he's just a hundred percent on the same wavelength as you. He reads so well, you read so well that I think you guys are worth better material. <laughs> and I'm like, let's read oh, something you, that agree, actually has but... some some merit. And, you know, maybe we'll both read something you know actually enjoyable and eye opening. But the funny thing about Django is I've put him through so many ringers. Like, I've made him read some of the longest, most dramatic stories I've been able to find on Reddit. And at the end of it, he's just like, yeah, it's done. <laughs> you know, he, mu- he, yeah. he he 100% in his soul would have much rather read stupid bullshit for
1: an hour and a half. <laughs> yeah, man after my own heart. I <laughs> I totally get it. <laughs>
0: Oh man, well Ramses, it was Wonderful having you here once again I will I will return you to your crypt Until you will Once again be excavated In the new year and I will have You on another episode Where we will finish We will finish what we started here today Beautiful With fucking Danny Boy's Halloween fucking Playlist Oh, Love it. A- any, any final words that you would like to Kurt Vonnegut us with?
1: Um, oh, no, I don't have anything as, as neat and sort of concise as that. Um, <laughs> drink, stay hydrated, you know, get enough sleep. Come on, take care of yourself. Jesus Christ, you're a mess. That's what I have to say to the audience. That,
0: that's fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. Well, uh, as as I said, I hope everyone... Has a wonderful upcoming Halloween. Uh, we will we will be back for another uh, review-ish episode of Halloween Horror Nights for our actual Halloween episode, which I'm I'm looking forward to recording. So I hope you guys uh, stay tuned. And uh, you know, I, to touch on Ramsey's final note, you know, if you're if you're going out this Halloween, if you're gonna get up to some 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 tricks and some treats, you know, just, you know, be careful,
1: be responsible, be
0: responsible. Don't drink kids now. Don't drink and drive. Yeah. Some of you have kids now, you know, uh, get one of you to DD or, you know, you have that one friend who doesn't drink. He just smokes, get him to drive you, you know, so that you guys can party. Cause he'll be fine and you could get tanked. And, you know, just like, uh, just like my friend, uh, where am I at my party last year? He, uh, he brought a tent and he said, I'm going to sleep in this tent in your backyard when the party is done. And I sure. said, okay, okay, cool. And, uh, you know, the parties, the party's toning down, he's looking a little drunk we're finishing off uh, the the remaining shots that were left over, and uh, he goes. I'm gonna go to bed. He goes outside. He gets into the tent. He comes back in 15 minutes later and says, "I threw up in the tent and falls asleep on my dining room floor."
1: I love that. <laughs>